obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. Night Sports on the Hill podcast, True Radio Network, CP3 coming to you live from the lab. Robbie G live in the man cave, bringing you another great episode of Sports OTHP, episode 259. We got some Capitals talk to recap last week. We got some Winter Olympics talk brought to you by Robbie and some of his Twitch buddies that's going to be on the show with uh, bringing in that new audience. Uh, I know Robbie started his feed already. I want to appreciate you guys just tuning in. See, you got a uh, Robbie got some company in the feed already, causing some havoc. <laughs> but we appreciate y'all tuning in. I know Robbie's doing a lot of good things over there on Twitch and is gaining a lot of friends and uh, followers of the show. So we appreciate that. And then as always, we're in the show with the NBA roundtable. I'll be making an early exit tonight because uh, I haven't really been able to keep up with the Olympics and, you know, basketball just isn't my thing. And I'm going to talk about the Washington Commanders and the name change and some of the thoughts of the fans and my thoughts on the name and my feelings toward uh, everything that's been going on the past few days. But Robbie G, how's it going tonight, good sir? Uh, it's going well. Just uh, sharing to a couple of groups. I've got a dog here that's trying to get into everything that's possible. You know, she's a puppy. She, uh, she, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, been a good week. I wish I had gotten to see a little bit more of the Olympics. It's been pretty exciting, but I'm really excited for, I have a whole team of people that are going to help break it down. The all-star game is really exciting too. Now the cat and the dog are chasing each other, you know, such as life. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so, uh, but I did catch a lot of the all-star game and uh, you know, it's, oh my God. Um <laughs> just it's so bad uh but it, it was really good to uh catch up onto the all-star stuff and for the olympic stuff and uh yeah i can't wait to break it all down uh with uh you and uh, the rest of our team we got some special guests coming on the show in a little bit uh davy the sandwich guy is going to talk olympics with us uh and uh we've got uh stewart who's like okay, the mod father which i'll explain the name in, in a little bit he'll be joining us for our all-star coverage but uh, before we get into that we can uh, start off with um uh, some uh, hockey talk. I'm just sharing to the last two groups right now. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it was a interesting up and down week. Uh, the game we were a little bit more worried about, uh, we actually won. And the game that maybe we were a little less worried about, we didn't. Um, now, one caveat is uh, one game we had Ovechkin in and the other game we didn't. Uh, so uh, obviously that makes a pretty big difference uh, between these two games. Uh, but let's talk about the first one um, first. I'm just pulling up the, the scores right now. Um, so it was against the Penguins. It was a, an exciting matchup. Um, it started off with Nick Dowd scoring his sixth goal of the season shorthanded. Uh, so uh, Daniel Sprung uh, took a holding penalty and then Nick Dowd just a couple of seconds into that holding penalty uh, scored that shorthanded one. Unfortunately, Malkin also scored on that same power play uh, about 30 seconds later, made it 1-1. Uh, Russ scored his 13th of the season, another power play goal, assisted by, unfortunately, by Sidney Crosby, made it 2-1 Pittsburgh. Dmitry Orloff on the power play, just a couple minutes later, a little less than five minutes later, scored his sixth goal of the season, assisted by Connor Sherry, his 10th assist, and Justin Schultz, uh, eighth assist. Uh, the first goal was assisted by Carl Hagelin, his sixth. I didn't mention that. Uh, but anyway, we were tied 2-2 after the first period. Uh, the second period, another power play goal, uh, this time by uh, Russ, his second of the game, his 14th on the season. Another assist by Sidney Crosby and another assist by Jake Gensel. Basically the exact same line as the previous goal. Uh, they put him up 3-2. And then Daniel Sprung scored in the final minute of the second period, uh, his eighth of the season, assisted by John Carlson, his 25th. It was a really nice goal. Ties the game at three. And then Dmitry Orloff, um, uh, four minutes, 17 seconds into overtime. Um, go, uh, sorry, the, sorry, the four minute, 17 second mark of overtime. Uh, Dmitry Orloff scores uh, his seventh goal of the season, assisted by Eugenie Kuznetsov, his 31st, and Tom Wilson, his 18th. Both of the people that assisted on that were in the All-Star game that we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, let's break that down, Carol, a little bit further. What were some of your thoughts on this up-and-down game that was very much um, based on the power play and penalty kill I, I thought was uh, important in that game? Yeah, this definitely was a crazy game. Uh, started out with the Caps taking an early penalty. Um which has been a trend lately, but to kick it off, they got a shorthanded goal, which put them up one nothing. And then on the you know same power play, the Penguins scored, and then the Caps took another bad penalty, gave up another goal, then Orloff scored on the power play. So the first four goals of the game were all special teams. It was a crazy game. Then the next goal by Russ was a power play. So we had five goals in a row that was all, you know, special teams. And uh, Sprong with a, a great play to, uh, you know, get the game back even. And then your boy Skorloff, as you like to call him, uh, with two very important goals, the game winner in overtime and a very crucial goal in the third period. He's uh, We gave him a shout out a couple of weeks ago. He's definitely been playing very well and uh, hope he continues on the trend that he's uh, – going right now yeah for sure um i was really excited i was really nervous about this game though because as a back-to-back -back, we had a really tough matchup on the second half of this uh but i was super happy that we'd get the the win especially in pittsburgh um let me let my dog out hold on go ahead that was uh, that was a huge uh win in pittsburgh especially the fact that they you know beat the capitals here at home 
And, uh, you know, that overtime win, I think I said that was the first time the Caps have won in overtime since what it was 2000 and I want to say 11, but it might have been uh, drawing a blank. I talked to Robbie about it. It's been a while since the Capitals defeated uh, Pittsburgh in overtime. Uh, in Pittsburgh, and, and Robbie, what, what was it? In 2011, they said it was, or 2017? I can't remember. They said the last time the Caps beat uh, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh in overtime. Um, well, the last time was in 2018 in the playoffs, which is the only one that really matters. <laughs> but the last regular season yeah. one, uh, yeah. I think, was something like that. I, it's been a long time. Although we've done pretty well in Pittsburgh, just not in overtime. You know, it's which is a trend with this season also. Yeah, exactly. So I'm happy that um, lately in overtime, we've been playing better, but you got to figure with the odds. I mean, we were like 0 for 9 in our first, you know, so like they have to come back around. We're too good of a team. We're too skilled. I mean, it shows we'll talk a little bit about it in the all-star game, but it's, you know, having a Tom Wilson and a Kuzi, they're both great three on three players. Both of them have scored, you know, goals in overtimes in the past. And, um, you know, uh, they obviously both played very well and were the first goal scorers on their respective games in the all-star game uh, for both games. So uh, we clearly have the skill there. Uh, it's just, it's becoming a possession game where a lot of uh, players are uh, trying to possess the puck and you know, cycle back and try to catch the other team you know, off guard. It, it, the format for overtime has kind of changed, I would say, this season over previous seasons. People, at least when they're playing the Capitals, can kind of see that they're going to try to tire us out uh, and then attack, you know, in very just try not to give the the puck back to the Capitals as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, they definitely use a lot more strategy when playing the Capitals. They play a lot of more keep away, a lot more keep away, and you know they clear the zone out and you know change up to try to catch us on a bad change or with you know a, not a defenseman on the ice and try to take advantage. So teams are definitely playing the Capitals differently, and it also trickles down from the power play. Because the teams are playing, uh, they're playing a more of a pressure game because they know the Capitals aren't in sync, and that's just adding to the problems with the power play. That the uh, you know the opponents are taking away time and space, and they're not able to you know get those passes or get you know with not with Oshi still being out. That's a key piece to that power play because he plays that bumper position so well, and he's so deadly from that spot where he's able to pass or he'll take that that one time shot as soon as it's a. Uh, you know, Nicky Yakuzi set it up for him. So uh, I'm still I'm still attributing the you know the, the bad power play to us not being full strength, but um, they definitely have to do something on the power play because going into the next game, that was a very big issue and one of the main reasons why they lost that game. But, yeah, uh, have, for sure. Have we you also Moshi uh, about how soon what injury and how soon he might be back because I haven't heard anything at all. Yeah, and I don't think he, he wasn't practicing today. So I think it's still week to week at this point. Um, and uh, so, um, yeah, and also Ovi got put in a protocol right after this game, which the timing seems so suspect to me at first, right? Because we know that if he misses the All-Star game, he's got to take a, you know, a game off. And they've been lobbying all season long that he's not going to miss it this year. He's going to be there, blah, 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 blah. And then he had a COVID test and it went po you know, um, positive. And I was like, well, that's a way to get out of you know, having you know, the thing. 
But then I found out that his wife was flying all the way from Russia, left her kids back and their kids back in Russia, flying all the way to D.C. to fly to uh, L.A. with him to celebrate going to the All-Star game. And I'm like, that seems like a lot to try to fly her all the way over. And she's like documenting the whole thing on Instagram. So you see she's on the airplane. She arrives in D.C. only to turn around and fly right back. Like that seems like that would be an awful big ruse if they're trying to, to, to try to pull one over on people. But um yeah, so it's crazy. He didn't play in the second game, and I think that really hurts us. I mean, especially in the power play, um, you know, having him out there, even if he doesn't score, he draws a crowd, right? You know, he draws one to two players, so, like, it opens up a lot of opportunities uh, for the other players on the team, and so that obviously is a struggle. Uh, the game started off horribly uh, for the, the Caps. I mean, in the first period, he gave up a, go- a goal to the one of the uh, highest goal scorers in the league, in a dry sidle, uh, minute 30 into the first, then three minutes in Evander Kane, the guy who the Capitals could have got, but we didn't want because we thought it could be a headache. Right. Uh, which I still don't like disagree with that decision, no, I don't. but at the same time, he knows that we could have had them. And I'm sure that was fuel for the fire for him, you know? Right. So, um, he scores, and then Connor McDavid, who is just amazing, you know, he's just an incredible, incredible player. He scores on the power play. Uh, the fact that they've got such talent on their team and they are like out of the playoff hunt right now, like it's it's crazy to me. And that's why I tell my dad, my dad was like, oh, they're not very good. Like, look at the, where they are in the stands. I was like, you got to always look at what are they doing now? Because their last five, we talked about it last week, they had won four out of five. So that's obviously they're trending in the right direction. You have two of the top four point getters in the league on different lines. So it's not like you could say, oh, it's like Ovi and Baxter where they always assist on each other's goals. They're going to have the same number of points or whatever. There are centers on two different lines, but they do get a lot of points on the power play. So they do sometimes you know, play together in that in that fashion. But still, right, they should be better than they are. Yeah, and according to the standings, at least I think. Um, you know, if they when they get a lead, that's when they're dominant because they're so talented. And we saw in this game, they got the lead, but you know, it depends on how they have a lead. An early lead, and if they're able to, you know, teams are able to come back on them because they don't pay solid defense. They're just looking to outscore you. And uh, you know, like we said, this game started out with that. I just think they jumped on the Caps after the Caps having a back to back, and they were off the night before. Yeah. So um, my dad, my dad just thanked me for mentioning he's in the Twitch chat. We've got a, a lively crew in Twitch chat. I appreciate everyone for <clears throat> tuning in. Um, all right. But then we start fighting our way back into this game. Laura Zeller, eighth goal of the season, assisted by Justin Schultz's ninth uh, at 7.36, just about two minutes after the last Oilers goal, uh, made it 3-1. Connor Sherry scores his 11th of the season, assist by Martin um, uh, February, Favari, Favari, uh, his fourth. And then Nicholas Backstrom, my old friend, uh, uh, with his 10th assist. He's already got double-digit assists, even though he missed such a huge part of the season. Uh, makes it 3-2. And at this point, I'm like, oh, man, we've got a game, right? Goes into the third period. Kuzi scores an unassisted goal. His 14th of the season, 248 into it. And it's a tie game. It's a 3-3 game. You know, it's anybody's game at this point. Uh, and then at the very end of the game, one of my best friends is at this game. Uh, shout out to John Benson. Um, and his fiance took him. And I was so excited for them because here we are about four minutes left in the game and we get a power play, Carol. And I text him, this power play was going to decide this game. 
if we score <laughs> here, right, we're gonna we're gonna win. <laughs> I'm so frustrated that I was right, you know, but it wasn't the way that I wanted it to. They scored a shorthanded goal, which completely like at that point I knew this game was over. Right? I just you know you don't have an opportunity like this with four minutes left and squash it and get another shot. Like maybe it happens, but I think it's really unlikely at this point. Right. So, cause they've already had like done all that work to come back only to let it go away on a shorthand. Um, makes it four, three, they get an empty netter. Same guy who scored uh, the shorthanded goal, Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets his fifth and sixth of the season makes it five, three in the end. And I just think that we ran out of gas. We didn't have Ovechkin. Our power play was out of sync and we're playing a back-to-back night where we had to go to overtime and we had to travel. And it's just like, if we'd scored on that power play, we would have won that game. And we didn't. And then instead it was shorthanded and, you know, we were uh, uh, kind of screwed. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, five to three. I'll take one. I was hoping to get at least a, a, a point in uh, uh, out of it. And it's sad that we didn't. That's the frustrating part was only Five, less than five minutes left. You were in a position to at least get a point. You have the power play in your favor. And even if you didn't score, you still would have had three minutes left. You were in a good position to get a point. And they find a way to turn the puck over and give them a shorthanded goal to ice the game at home. That left a very bad taste in my mouth. And like I said, they jumped on them early. They were off the night before. They were already in town. Gaps, you know, had to travel from Pittsburgh after the overtime game, as Robbie mentioned. No OV. You know, I understand that. So, you know, when they jumped out three, you know, three nothing, I, w- I wasn't worried because it was still early in the first. But they gave up those three goals in, what was it, five minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> so it happened very quickly. So I felt like they just jumped on the caps because they knew the caps were tired. They were fresh. But as I mentioned, Edmonton can give up the lead. You know, at home with lead, they're they're deadly. And it's very hard to come back because that's that arena being Edmonton is a whole different ballgame. But on the road, they get the last change. You can take advantage if you play your four check, get them stuck in a defensive zone, and you can play your game, which is what the Capitals did. And they whittled their way back into it, tied it up, and unfortunately the unimpressive, even though, like I said, they still missed the piece, but the unimpressive power play, you know, did worse than not scoring on the power play. <laughs> they gave up the game-winning goal shorthanded at home. Only other thing worse than that is getting shut out at home. So, yeah, this, this, this left a very bad taste in my mouth. But, like you said, with all of those obstacles, no OV, no Oshi, travel, should be back to backs and Edmonton was fresh. I get it. I'm not, you know, not ready to throw the team away, but it was a frustrating loss and not at least get a point to see them come all the way back the way they did. What game is this? I'm actually watching the Phoenix Chicago game right now on NBA TV. I know you got the Wizards game was on, but uh yeah, it's still on. It's it's pretty uh, horrible. They just w- lost actually, uh, hundred to one twenty one. This is a game where they were only down at seven at halftime. So we'll have a lot to break down with Champ and the team uh, with with that. Uh, but just really, um, 
a frustrating game for sure. Um, That's prettier over here. I'm watching Phoenix and Chicago just come out of halftime. The Phoenix is up by 17 on Chicago, 69 to 52. Right. All right. Um, let me see. I was just trying to bring some. So let's talk about the, the week ahead real quickly. So some teams don't have any games uh, this week. And some teams have a bunch of makeup games. And these makeup games are actually going to be really tough for the Capitals. Uh, the Columbus game is tomorrow, February 8th uh, at 7 p.m. We don't know if we've got Ovechkin back yet. He hasn't passed his uh, COVID test. Mm -hmm. uh, but even if he does, he can't fly to Canada, which means he can't go to the Montreal game on Thursday, mm -hmm. February 10th at 7. So regardless, I mean, I'm hoping we get him for tomorrow because he's got another day off coming up pretty quick. And uh, he can't even fly and can't cross the border if you've had a, a positive test within the last couple of weeks. So, um, so that's frustrating, right? So it's a bad time to have to go to Canada. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll play Ottawa on Sunday. It's a 1230 game. Uh, that's the one that's on Super Bowl Sunday. So that's the one that they always have. Well, Sunday Capitals game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, it's weird because usually it's like Pittsburgh or Philly or some sort of rival. Uh, but on this one, um, it's against the Senators, and it's not even the national televised game. I don't even know if they do that anymore because now it's not NBC, right? Um, but uh, I'd be interested to see if ABC does have a national televised game that day. I don't even know. Uh, this but be a tough matchup, though, because remember the, the two games this season, the Capitals and came back twice on the Senators. So they're, they're pretty upset. Especially at uh, what the Capitals meeting with nine in a row at Capital One, so that's going to be a good game on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, let's break down each one of them. I'll talk about the last five for each team, and then Carol, you can give your quick thoughts on it. We'll start with the Blue Jackets. Uh, they've lost uh, to Florida um, eight to four in their last game. Uh, before that, they beat Montreal six three. They beat the Rangers five three. Lost to Calgary six nothing, and lost to Ottawa, the team we just talked about, uh, two to one. So that's their last five uh, for Columbus. What are your thoughts about them coming to town? Their record says it all. They're an up and down team. Uh, one night they can play, you know, great offense and you know stellar defense, and some nights they, you know, don't play any defense and put up offense. So it's all about the Capitals, you know, enforcing their game and playing their way and playing tough defense to get them out of their rhythm and you know get in their rhythm, especially with the power play lacking like it is. Uh, they have to start uh, playing better five-on-five five and getting more scoring five-on-five five since the power play hasn't been able to give them that boost that they've been looking for. Right. My dad's saying that all that really matters is how the Caps do in the playoffs, hopefully with everyone healthy. I agree. You know, we haven't gotten to see Mantha Ray. We haven't seen uh, a lot of our players, and it's been tough. You know, we've been basing this team on being, you know, missing – a third of their top, you know, forwards throughout the season. And uh, it's really hard to really have a sense of how that power play is going to look, how the second power play team is going to look, how uh, does the penalty kill look with a full regimen? I and mean, we had a lot of young players that have had to come up and down um, throughout the season. Um, so the same thing happened with the Nationals when they had a quality team, but the injury bug hit them at the wrong time. And next thing you know, they missed the playoffs. And with this tough Metro division, and uh, the way the Rangers are playing unexpectedly well, that was definitely not in my on my radar this year. If they don't get their act together, they're going to find themselves out of playoff position. It's going to be hard to climb out of it. And like you said, this stretch right here, 
is an unexpected stretch because this was supposed to be the Olympic break. So now they had to, you know, change their whole mindset. And like you say, without Ovi, without Ocean and all, all of the pieces, and you still have young players that's trying to find their way and find their chemistry in the lineup and learning how to be an NHL player. So there's a lot of intangibles uh, working against the Capitals with this stretch. So if they keep on this, you know, not going to say down with spiral, but this inconsistent spiral, they, want, they might find themselves looking on the outside looking in. Yeah, that's for sure. I was just thinking about that. They probably didn't have a Super Bowl Sunday, um, you know, planned because mm-hmm. they were supposed to be away on their on their break, you know. Yeah. So I'm looking right now. There's no nationally televised game because they weren't planning to play any of these games on this day, I think. So mm-hmm. um, so that'll be interesting for sure to see going uh, forward. Uh, let's talk about the next game, uh, which is the Canadians. Uh, they lost to Edmonton in their last game, uh, five to three. Uh, then they, they had beaten Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh four three. Before that, they had won in Dallas five nothing. Oh wait, no, that's ours. That's why I'm like, what is? No, they <laughs> sorry, they've lost five in a row to. Um, wow, so they lost to the Blue Jackets, the Oilers, the Ducks, uh, the Wild, and the Avalanche. Uh, and low quality teams though. Yeah, the only one that was close was the Ducks, which was 5-4. It was a 6-3, a 7-2, an 8-2, and a, I guess a 3-2 to Colorado. At Colorado, it's actually not that bad. But, um, yeah, so they're clearly needing a win badly, which is always a dangerous team to play. It's always tough to play at Montreal, and it sucks because it's one of Ovechkin's absolute favorite places to play in the NHL. He said it many times, and so uh, it's, it's frustrating for sure. Um him when he gets back. Yeah. So um, what, what are your thoughts on uh, playing the Canadians? Uh, I'm looking at the goalie that's uh, starting against the Capitals, and uh, I see why they lost five in a row. They did. He's 2-8-4 and four with a 4.1 goals against average with an 89-891 save percentage. So uh, the name of this game is get some pucks on him, shoot, shoot his, get the puck to the net as much as you can because – this dude is, a, is as leaky as a, a, a rusty faucet, it looks like. So I say, you know, just shoot, shoot, and shoot some more and get some traffic in front of him because giving up four goals a game, yeah, they definitely should win this game, even though it's on the road in Montreal. This should be a good a game for them to win this game, no problem. Yeah, I'm actually, um, you know what I'm going to do real quickly? I'm going to bring in our guest because the Modfather is, uh, lives in Canada, so he knows these Canadian teams better than anybody because they don't actually show a lot of American games up there, but they show all the Canadian ones. So I'm going to bring him and have a quick thought on uh, uh, these two games, and then uh, I'll let you have your NFL talk and we'll get out of here. Because I, I really, he's a Boston fan who lives in Canada, I believe. And so I, I want to get his take on uh, on Montreal and on um if there's As a Bambushan reference, we're going to have to <laughs> say, right. yeah, nah, we can't just don't just don't bring that dude up and we'll be cool. All right, Stuart, are you there? <laughs> <laughs> All right, how are you doing today? Oh, I think you're, it's weird, it doesn't display muted, but it's saying that you are muted. Try to like toggle the mic real quick. Hmm. I don't know. Let me uh, here try to quit out of it and uh, re-log back in. Sometimes it, it messes it up. So we'll bring him in in, in, a, in a second and uh, see if that works. 
Um, but uh, the other game, I'll, I'll get Carol's thoughts on it real quickly, and then I'll get his take on it, uh, is uh, that Super Bowl Sunday uh, matchup. The Senators have um, they lost to the Islanders 4-1. Uh, they beat Edmonton 3-2. They lost to the Ducks 2-1, lost to Carolina 3-2, and beat Buffalo 5-0. Um, what are your thoughts on the, the Senators? Uh, like I said, this is going to be another tough battle against Ottawa. Uh, the Capitals have beat them uh, twice this year, both times that Ottawa had a two or three goal lead and the Capitals were able to find a way to come back and uh, beat them. They also have, um, like I said, have a nine game winning streak over Ottawa at Capital One. So it's definitely going to be a tough game. Ottawa's going to come to play and if the Capitals aren't playing Capitals hockey, and uh, they give up an early early lead to them again. I'm sure Ottawa, you know, isn't going to let the lease of the way. We know the Capitals, you know, got their mojo going and know they can beat this team. But they need to come out, you know, fast. And they need to get the lead in the game because Ottawa's come out uh, both games at Capital One with the lead in the first period. And the Caps had to fight their way back. And they were able to do that. But you can't keep on relying on that game in the game out, especially against this young, hungry team. Uh, that has some fight and has some offensive skill. All right, let's see. It's, Stuart, is it working now? No, it's still not. Weird. <laughs> Man, I definitely just take on the Canadian side of things. Yeah. The, the border crossing is just not letting the, the audio come through, you know? <laughs> it's being checked at the... They're putting the COVID protocol on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I just got my second vaccination the other day. I got my card and everything, Rob. Is that? Yeah, there you go. There we, there go. we go. Nice. Oh, that's it, a weird setting. Okay. <laughs> I told me to to, I went to Microsoft Array setting, which I'm thinking that nah, doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay. Yeah. Who knows? I gotta love Windows. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, what what are your thoughts on the two Canadian teams we're talking about here in the Canadians and the the Senators? Senators, like you say, I I know Ovi loves playing against the Senators, and and the funny thing is, you told the story about how he, you know, I thought he was faking it too when Tom Wilson got a freebie to the, you know, the the uh, All Star game. I thought, ah, Ovi just doesn't want to play in the All Star game, right? But apparently not, right? Apparently this is real. So that that was a good point you brought up. I actually assumed he was going to play in the game. So, um, so yeah, against the Canadians, yeah, Ovi always loves them. And what was the other game you were talking about? I didn't hear. Uh, what... It was the uh, the Senators. Oh, okay, um, I'm, I'm just, I have not watched the Senators much this year, to be honest. As a matter of fact, I don't know if I've seen a single game by the Senators this year. I'm looking to see my schedule here. No, I haven't seen one yet, but uh, I, I don't like the Senators. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you don't. Yeah, check them out. <laughs> Ottawa is a, is a hungry team. They got Kachuk. You know, he's a little over the line sometimes, but he brings that feistiness to the lineup, and they have a lot of offensive skill with those top draft picks that they had over the last few years, and they're a fun team to watch, and they they can beat any team on any given night. Yeah, yeah, and, and Kachuk is well, he's like his dad. I, I don't know if he'll be as bad as his dad was in the playoffs, but you know, as as far as a player goes during regular season, Kachuk was hard to beat. I mean, we had him here for years, and he was a great player during the season and sucked in the playoffs. It was <laughs> could be possibly one of the worst NHL players I've ever seen in the playoffs, and his record shows for it. You know, you look at all the teams he played for over the years; they never did anything in the playoffs, and he was there. You know, the the star, right? And, and his son is a lot like him. Here's a, a something I've noticed about, about his sons. 
they tend to hold out for contract negotiations, which is something Kachuk did all his career. You know, he would, he would, at the start of the season would start without him and they'd go 10, 15 games without him a lot of times. So I, I'm finding it to be very similar that way, but you sure want to Kachuk in your lineup during the regular season. There's no doubt about it because they are, they're monster players during the regular season. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to get Carol's quick take on uh, the, the name change. And then we'll switch gears uh, to talk about the NHL all-star. Um, we did have a big announcement on two. Before, before we let Stewart go, he, he mentioned Tom Wilson. I want to get his take and how he feels about Mr. Wilson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> players like that, you love to have them on your team, don't you? When they're playing for the Washington Capitals, you two are excited to no end. Then when I'm watching them, I'm going, oh, frick, I'd love someone to take your head off in the middle of the game. <laughs> but honestly, he is a good player. He is he is definitely a good enough player that he, you know, and I don't mind players like that too much. I, I kind of like the Capitals anyway, so I, I'm not total enemies with you guys. But the reality is, I, I, watching him play, you just go, oh, my God, this, this guy's an asshole. You know, he says, can I say that on here? Yeah, I guess I can. Yeah. <laughs> sure, internet radio, it's great. <laughs> yeah, but he's, uh, but oh, my God, if you're watching the Capitals and you want him to win, you want a Tom Wilson on your team. There's no doubt about it. Right. It's, it's very but much it's, like a Brad Marchand. It's like how much yeah, we hate him. It. Yeah. It's, it's very similar. No, no, we, we don't hate him. We, <laughs> but I find ironic is he calls Tom Wilson an asshole. He has, <laughs> he has, if not the biggest asshole in the NHL on his team, Brad Marchand. <laughs> well, you see, I don't see him that way, though. I see him as a pure honest <laughs> but guy. I, how, he licks people. How can he be a pure honest guy that licks people? <laughs> I, I got... <laughs> that is disturbing. But you know what, yeah, what I'm saying, though? When, when you've got that player on your team, you're happy as hell but oh my god when you're playing against that guy oh lordy i mean he got booed at an all-star game and like i've heard that before with some players like the obviously players on the rival team and yes yep. i guess that we did break the knight's heart you know but i mean they shouldn't have won it all the first year that's bullshit anyway but anyway that's here yeah. or there but like yeah. folks really hate that guy and everyone does. It seems to be like universal on like, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe how much they booed him though. I, I you know, but again, I kind of <laughs> like the Capitals, so I don't mind them, you know, but uh, if I guess Las, Las Vegas hates the Capitals and uh, so yeah, they're going to boo him for sure, but they really booed him. I haven't heard that since the eighties back when uh, uh, they, they did the, the all-star game completely different. And there was all kinds of nasty players out there. Right. So. Yeah. So someone asks, 80, is, is licking a five. Is licking a five-minute major. I like that comment. Uh, it should be. I don't think it was in the game, though. It should be a misconduct. That's ridiculous. I remember he got fined, but I don't think they did anything in the game. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> all right, real quickly, Carol, I, I do want to get your take on uh, the Commanders. Uh, that is our new name. We know that I did not like that name last week. I'm going into it. Dujanay, uh tried to before, say that it was, uh, before it was a you fake say out. Anything, though, yeah. Before you say anything, I just want to say I, I'm sorry, you guys. Okay, go on. <laughs> All right. I think this is this is my uh, goodbye to the show tonight. I'm gonna end on this note. I have several thoughts on this, and some folks might get offended, but at this point, I don't give a damn. First of all, the name Commanders. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Honestly, I don't care. All I care about is this offseason with us having $40 million under the cap. Brandon Sheriff's probably going to be gone, so that's another $18 million under the cap. 
Landon Collins, if he doesn't take a pay cut, that's another $17 million under the cap. So we're looking at almost $60 million under the cap, and we're looking for a quarterback. And there's already talk of Russell Wilson is on their radar and is open to come in here. So all of you fans that's upset about the name change, I made this comment and I put this post out the day the name came out. You all said if the name was Commanders, you were going to leave. You are no longer going to be a fan of the franchise. So my first question is, why are you still here? If you don't want to be a part of it, if you if we have the worst owner in the league and it's the Daniel Snyder curse and they can't do nothing right and they even screwed up the name, they even leaked the name and couldn't even keep that secret. Why are you here? There's a team up the road, 30 miles, Super Bowl consideration every year. Great GM, great front office. Why are you here? Because you're the gloom and doom fans. That's your new hashtag. So all the crap you talk, all the trolling I've done this week, and yes, I will be doing more for all of you folks that said that you were leaving. And every time you post something about my team, I'm going to come on and say, are you staying or are you going? Why are you posting about my team if this is no longer your team? Because I want you to admit that there's nothing they can do that's going to make you happy. They can go 17 and 0, shut out every team and score 500 points. You're still not going to be happy. So we don't want you no more. Go somewhere. I'm tired of seeing a post on social media. I'm tired of hearing you whine. I'm tired of you chiming in on my Facebook Live whining about stuff. We win a game by 20 points and your complaint is we should have won by more. I don't want to hear it. You don't like the team. You don't like the owner. You don't like the franchise. They can't do nothing right. Why are you still here? Because you're an abused spouse. What do they say? Get out of the relationship. But you keep coming back. You keep coming back. So that means one thing, either you like it or you just like complaining. You cannot confuse the last two years and what's going on now with the last 30 years. I know it's hard. I know it's frustrating being a Washington fan. I'm a diehard fan, but I'm also a realist. and I'm also an ex-coach, and I understand football. And, yes, some teams can make that jump in two or three years, because, but they're not like this team. We have a crazy history. We have a crazy setup of what was going on here. But you cannot continue to focus on the past. This is a new name, new brand, same franchise. But let's make a clean break of all the negativity and all the BS from before. New team is no longer the Redskins. It's no longer the Washington football team. It's the Washington Commanders. So put that negative mindset and all that negative garbage that you hear on the mainstream radio stations that blow that smoke up your butt and get you all fired up that they want that clickbait and want you to, you know, get upset. We're going to school you in knowledge and insight. The trademarking, I know I've seen y'all complaining about the name also, San Antonio Commander, AFL team. First of all, that league doesn't exist anymore. Second of all, other teams, the Red Wolves, whatever, Red Hawks, the other teams have to be willing to negotiate to allow you to use that brand. If they don't want to negotiate, they don't have to. That's why they spent the last two years in court. So all of these posts about, oh, wow, well, the commanders is somebody else. That team doesn't even exist anymore because the AFL doesn't exist. So I'm parting shot is the new season, new regime. We got a good foundation. They're headed in the right direction. Leave all of that other negative stuff back in 2021, 2022 season. Starting next season, new team, 
new name, and hopefully a new quality quarterback leading this team in the right direction. And after that, I'm done, Robbie. Nice. I'm putting on screen uh, for people that are watching uh, a, a graphic that I did. And my favorite thing that I found out about this was when they announced that it was going to be the commanders. I thought of Cobra Commander. And so people are watching on the Twitch feed. Uh, they saw that I made a, um, a Washington football team Cobra Commander and I posted it online. And this is what I love about the Internet. Like maybe we'll have a couple of people tune in tonight from Facebook. But I posted this online. Over 3000 people reacted and saw it. Uh, online uh, and I uh, thought it was hilarious or didn't understand it. They didn't get GI Joe, uh, but um, it's, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty funny imagery and it'll take some time for people to get used to it. For me, this was my way of like Photoshopping out my frustration and just being able to be okay with it, making a joke with it. And suddenly after I did that, I was much happier uh, overall um, with, with the decision and I'll, I'll slowly get behind it. Right. I mean, I've been a fan of this team for a very long time. I was born during a Washington football team game. I guess it's a commander's game. I'll still say I was born during a Redskins game. That's technically what it was. Uh, but you know, going forward, we'll call them the commanders, just like we call them the Washington football team. And if people need to either get behind it or they need to move on and uh, from, it's not the best name, I, but unfortunately people trademark the best names and they couldn't get them. And there was too many issues with the Timberwolves and there was too many issues, uh, you know, with the Warriors uh, and we didn't want to go down that route. So this was a name that they could get and they could have, and we could, you know, grow with. And uh, what do you think, Carol? Do you think we can sing hail to the commanders? Would you be okay with that? Or do you think we need to do a completely new fight song? It doesn't have to say any new fight song. It doesn't have the same ring to it. They can say a new franchise name, you know, going forward, they need to come with a new song. I saw some folks say, if they come up with a new fight song, it has to be a go-go song. So I can. I like behind. it. I can get behind that. That's awesome. I want to give a quick couple shout outs here. We've got a lot of people on our Twitch stream. We have already 35 people in here. we got a double raid, Carol, uh, which you don't watch Twitch as much, but that means two people raided at the same time. Uh, so a shout out uh, to uh, the daughter of our guest right here, Stuart. Um, uh, she is a phenomenal uh, music streamer. I'm going to do the Modfather command here and you can learn a little bit more about her. Um, and uh, so definitely go check out uh, Jillian. And uh, I also want to thank our, our guest who's going to be coming on in a little bit, uh, Davey, the sandwich guy. Um, uh, so, you know, Davey eats a sandwich. It's a, a show um, where they talk about all sorts of stuff. I've been a guest of it and I highly recommend people coming uh, through to there, but uh, they just did a, a great show and they came across and they're going to be talking Olympics with us in just a few minutes, but I'm excited for both groups to be joining us tonight. Uh, I hope that they enjoy. We're going to talk a little NHL. Uh, we went a, a little bit long on our NHL segment. Um, we're going to do a, a speed read of uh, some of the different events of that when we let Carol go here. Uh, but uh, Carol, thank you so much for uh, joining us. If people who want to check us out more, uh, they can check us out on sportsothp.com's Facebook page. Or join me on uh, Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash G underscore sports OTHP. But Carol, thank you as always for helping us break down the hockey talk and some football talk. And uh, we'll definitely talk to you uh, next week. All right, man. Appreciate it. I'm going to take the rest of the night off, let you guys have a, a Olympics coverage in basketball. I'm going to... Uh, have a couple of more adult beverages and, uh, you know, get some things together in my life. If yeah. it's on my feed, I'm about to play some videos at the end. I'm about to drop off of this feed. 
And I uh, check you next week and make sure you check out at the bar radio every Sunday around six o'clock streaming live, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them. All right. Sounds good. Have a good rest of the show, man. Sounds good. All right, Carol, have a great night and we'll uh, talk to you soon. We'll definitely next week have him back on for Super Bowl talk. We'll recap uh, the all important Super Bowl matchup. Let me see real quickly if I can do this correctly. I'm going to do a share screen uh give me one second but uh all right here we go and all right we're going to start off with the all-star competition and i'm going to do a quick little screen share here and i'll click this button and then i click it's hard when you're streaming into two platforms at once Stuart. so uh got it all right there we go we're we figured it out um all right so the uh the all-star uh skills competition um was interesting uh we'll go through each one real fast um the results and i'll get your quick take on each one uh and if anybody in chat had any uh, thoughts on if anyone checks out the nhl all-star game uh, i'll read some of uh, their comments as well uh we'll uh try to get through it quickly because i know people want to get into the olympics talk with davy in just a few minutes um all right the first one is the fastest skater um uh st louis blue uh jordan is it kryu kryu kairu kairu uh won it with 13.5 seconds uh, our friend if you're a capitals fan kuznetsov uh participated in this event and he very much half-assed it and didn't do very well. And then my favorite part was he celebrated as if he won it at the very end, uh, which I think is hilarious. And uh, he came it's very, dead last. <laughs> I know it's very Ovechkin-esque um, in, yeah. in celebration. Uh, what were your thoughts on the fastest skater competition? I, you know what? Easily my favorite part of the competition is always the fastest skater. I, I, I love watching someone that, that can really boogie on ice. The thing this year, and, and it's it was odd to watch, if you watch all the, the guys that skated, not one of them looks smooth out there except Kairou. Kairou is probably not the fastest. He's probably the not top three there. But he looks smooth. His his turns were good. His, everything was good. And everyone else looked like choppy and making you know bad turns, bad mistakes. And I was just watching this going, oh, you're just not going to win. You're just not going to win. So McCarr and McDavid were the last two, and I thought they were probably the two faster guys there. They both looked terrible going around there. McDavid, it wasn't that far behind, but he looked terrible the entire time. So it all came down to who skated the smoothest. Yeah, I was, I'm curious if this actually plays. So, oh. Yeah, it is playing it. Yeah, all right, that's cool. So you can kind of see right here. Um, yeah, we can see, show you just the, how fast he was. Um, see if that plays through. People are watching on Twitch. Let me know. I'm, I'm keeping the sound off because I don't want to get dinged. Yeah. Uh, but um, but you can sort of see some of the skaters in, in action there. Uh, so we got the the longest uh, save streak. Uh, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and Tampa Bay goalie uh, had a save streak of nine in that. I'm going to play this muted in the background while you give your uh, your assessment of that. The the save streak. Um is kind of boring in my, my mind. Like the player's going half speed, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's, it's a thing that's just weird. And the goalies hate the, the all-star, you know, skills competition for, for a lot of reasons, because it, it's not really weighted good for them. Right. So I, I don't like this part of the skills competition because it's just like everybody is, is kind of putting a half effort in they don't, no one seems to want to go all out on it. So. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think it's a weird competition. I liked it better 
back in the day kind of you know where, uh, Vasilevsky still looks 14 years old to me I don't I can't get over that fact that he's old enough to play in the NHL I liked it when it was team based when they uh were able to um you basically either stop them or you don't and you get points towards a team total which was kind of how they used to do it in the NHL versus doing this kind of event but it is what it is I understand they're trying to keep every event kind of more separate now and not have it be like a, a cumulative score if you will well, I think I think they designed that that particular skill to make the goalies have, get a little bit more time and shine, right? Because honestly, the the All Star Weekend is really an, an anti goalie thing, and and this thing isn't any better because you know a save streak. Well, I don't know. Like I said, it looks like people are going half speed, and the goalies don't want to look like tryhards, you know. So it it just seems like a half speed uh, uh, competition to me. I'd explain this event to me. I don't really understand why we did it, but it, it is a new event. It is. Um... Hold on. Oh. It was weird. Wasn't it weird? <laughs> How does it? Oh, no. Now they're giving me ads. Um, so they're, basically they shot from... Oh, I, I hate you, Sportsnet. You, you're ruining this. Anyway, um, I was like, they're so good. Uh, but anyway, basically they try to, try to explain this event to me. I, I don't really understand what they were doing. The whole idea is you got to get the puck to land on, on islands. Uh, they put them in the Bellagio uh, pool, right, with all the, the fountains and all this stuff. It was world famous. Everybody knows the Bellagio, right? Oh, by the way, C-Dub is watching. I have to do a quick C-Dub plug here. There you go, C-Dub. Nice. Anyways, so, uh, uh, yeah, so the whole idea is you got to get the puck to land on these four different islands. There's two big islands that are far, far away and uh, two close islands that are small, and there's a net. So there's basically five, five targets. You got to put a puck into the net, and you got to land on three of the uh, of the islands, right? The, and it's it's all about the saucer pass, right? And the whole idea is that, you know, the saucer pass is a great thing when you're on ice. It's a really hard thing to do on a practice surface like they were doing it on. So uh, it was kind of a just a weird competition. The jo the girl Jocelyn Lamoureux from uh, Team USA, oh my God, did she do well? I, I was so hoping for her to, to do, uh, you know, to be in the final, but didn't quite make the final, but oh my God, she did good. But anyways, it was a strange competition to watch. It was just... Um, yeah, how was they, they she had, in it if she wasn't part of Team USA? Does, was she? They didn't. She. You know, she's a former to, Team USA oh, player. Former right? Team she, USA. Got it. Yeah, got it. That makes yeah, sense. I don't, I, obviously, she's not playing this Olympics. I, I haven't seen the USA team play, so I don't think she's on it this year. But, but yeah, I don't uh, think she was either. Yeah, she did really good. Uh, and like I say, it was just it was it was hard to watch because it was a, a little strange. It was a, it wasn't easy for anyone to do, and. Uh, but you know they got they were on the Bellagio they're out, out in this island in the Bellagio shooting pucks so I guess that, that was the whole idea Las Vegas was you know uh, putting the Bellagio out there right right that makes sense all right um going on to the next event um is uh, the hardest shot uh which uh does this is this gonna play or is this also gonna give me an ad okay well, that one played all right uh so you can you can see here uh it was an interesting matchup our friend Tom Wilson uh, who we were just talking about uh, was able to be in this event and that he got booed right there, but he still there he smiled. Got booed, yeah. And um, some, yeah, some good shots. Uh, these aren't the necessarily the four I would have expected to be in this event, uh, no, no. but uh, I, I was I was happy with the results. Nobody nobody predicted at all that any of these guys would get over 100 miles an hour. As a matter of fact, everybody predicted these guys would all be under 100, and the winner would be 90 something miles an hour. The fact that all four of these guys went over 100, you know, the top four is pretty impressive. And not only that, there's some decent hard shots. This is another competition I like. I like the, the speed one the most, but this one I like because it's just pure hockey. You know, it's like 
yeah, every once in a while you want to blast a hard slap shot, right? Well, you know, these guys can do it and they do it very well. Like a hundred mile an hour slap shot is insane fast. So. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's really interesting. Uh, Todd Wilson was only like, I think one mile per hour uh, slower than Ovi who won it a couple of years back for his time. So just to give you people a sense that, you know, often the winner is right around 101, 102. Uh, Victor yeah. Hedman's 103 was very impressive. Uh, Zdeno Chara, Ha, uh, I believe has the record. Uh, he has had some incredible shots in this competition in the past. I want to say it's 106, I think is the record. Yeah, 106 or 107, something right yeah, around there. Right. So, yeah, um, said, but... yeah, so he's been good. It was crazy. The Capitals have put three different players into this competition over the last five years, uh, and two of them won it. Ovechkin won it, and John Carlson won it. Uh, I think John Carlson. Uh, was I want to say 104 or something really oh, wow. okay. incredible at that, which is uh, which is why we have him at the point, right? You know, because he's got that booming slap shot, which makes some sense. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. Um, and then this is the, the breakaway challenge. Um, of course, this is going to make me go through it and add again. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll let that play out. What are your What are your thoughts on the breakaway challenge? Breakaway challenge is all about fun, right? It was uh, you know it's 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 a fun thing to watch or whatever, right? Um, the the one thing though that Trevor Zegras from Anaheim, oh my God, that goal, that uh, he uh, the, the the blindfold everything. I know he had a blindfold that could kind of see through a little bit, so that takes away from it, you know, from the purity of it. But the reality is, he made it such a move and uh, and scored. It was quite quite impressive actually. So, but it was fun. And you know what I I kind of like this part of it because it was just like relaxed. It was fun. You know, guys dressing up in, in costumes and doing funny things and all that, and everyone doing something you know really peculiar um, right it's so funny that last one everyone's like why isn't he playing for the capitals if his favorite player is ovechkin and he wants to to mimic him so uh but i'm sure <laughs> yeah. the wild don't want to give him up i mean he's been playing <laughs> phenomenal for them so yeah here's the um, alex Zegras goal right now yeah <laughs> that is pretty incredible i, I don't yeah. know how you even uh do that uh but uh pretty cool stuff so uh yes that was a, a fun competition um and, and the, then, two goalies, the two goalies were obviously trying to let them score a little bit, but uh, you know they weren't going full out. But still, it was it was kind of fun to watch. Uh, you know, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt. It's not, it wasn't a serious competition, but it was really cool. Right. So here's, uh, I like this too. So uh, some fun moments for sure. Um, I just wanted to let people see some of it because uh, a lot of people didn't tune into the All-Star Games. And a lot of people, it's probably their first view of some of these things. Uh, but for timing, we're going to to move on. And um, uh, so... Uh, high roller in Vegas 20. I don't even know what this is. I this didn't even this was just event. stupid. It was just stupid. Wasn't it just stupid? Did you watch it? I didn't see this one. So I don't even... rules. It was a, you know, they're trying to get 21. A few guys got 21 and then they had to shoot at cards. And I could, I don't even know what the rules were at the end of it all. You know, how, how one guy shot a queen, the other guy had to shoot a queen after I'm going, how does this make any sense? It was, it was just weird rules. I, I didn't get it. And, uh, it was just weird. Yeah. Oh, now we got a, uh, I hate, I hate you, Bacardi. You, you can't turn off the mute. Anyway, we're just going to go through it. Uh, quick shot. Um, so uh, this is an accuracy where they just try to shoot into the, the different corners. Uh, and Sebastian Ajo won it for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, and, and that one, any quick thoughts on this event? Uh, it was kind of neat because it, it's not often the players hit all, all four. I don't know why. You think in the NHL they would hit all four a lot. But when you actually try it on the ice, and I've tried it before, many times because I'm a Canadian, right? <laughs> but uh, it's a lot harder than you think to hit those four spots, right? So uh, 
Uh, when we do it, uh, we always have these coverings over the net and they have smaller holes, right? They're, they're only, you know, this big, whereas they, they got this big in the NHL ones. It's hard to hit four in a row. But nonetheless, I'm always surprised how rare it is for someone to hit four in a row, but they're trying to do it fast, right? So, but Aho did all four. He hit, he hit four, four in a row. That's, uh, that's impressive. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, and I think that was it. So uh, let's get it over. You know, the only other thought I had for the uh, skills yeah. competition. Austin Matthews has the worst uh, mustache in the NHL. It's yes, like, I, I hate uh, that. We, we were just talking. That off. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty uh, horrendous. Uh, let's yeah. talk about this, uh, the All-Star game. Um, Claude Giroux played phenomenal, I thought. I thought the Metropolitan um, played really well in, in this. I like the format. It's basically people don't know. Uh, two teams play against each other in the first round. Uh, and then uh, for the second period, the other two divisions play each other and the winner of those two play for the third period kind of thing. Each period is split into two 10 minute uh, halves, if you will, where you that way you get each goalie in. Um, and it's always exciting. And it's weird. The Metropolitan and the Pacific have done very well compared to comparatively to the other two divisions overall. Now the Metropolitan has won three and the Pacific has won three uh, in this. Um, I was really excited. You know, Tom Wilson gets an awful lot of shit, uh, for not, you know, he's just thought of as a goon and we've talked about him a little bit earlier, but he scored 13 seconds into this game fastest to ever start an all-star game, uh, in this, in this format. And so it shows how incredible his hands really are, which I've been saying on this show for, you know, six years now, uh, that he's underrated in his skills. I mean, there's a reason why he plays the top line. It's not just because he hits people. I mean, you don't, you don't waste a spot on your top line just because a guy hits people. Right. So, you know, you need to have some skill. He's he's almost at the point where I'd consider him to be about as good as a Marchand. Yeah. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) It's fair. It's fair. Um, so, um, I was really happy uh, that they, the Metro played. I thought Jari played really well for the Penguins. It's weird that he was the representative. You don't have a Malkin. You don't have uh, a Sidney Crosby. I, I can't even remember an all-star game. It didn't have one of them in it. Um, yeah. And, and uh, so that was kind of exciting. I thought um, uh, he, uh, Jack, uh, for the New Jersey Devils, he, Jack Hughes, um he incredible incredible i mean he's so young he's 20 years old in vegas can't even drink uh but he put i think three goals and assists out there so um you know really well played koozie in the second game uh, was the first goal scorer so it's kind of funny the capitals uh, two players each were the first goal scorers in that and they held on uh to win uh that and get to split a million dollars i really like this tournament i know some people do some people don't what are your thoughts on it uh mildly it's a weird thought but when you watch players like this level and you put them into a situation like this, they don't want to go all out. They don't want to be the, the try hard, right? And so you kind of get this, this half effort unless they get a breakaway, then they're flying, right? And so I feel so sorry for the goalies in this because this, this whole format is not about goalies. You know, the, the, only, the only defensemen you see in this format are, are you know, goal scoring defensemen or, or point getting defensemen because that's the kind of guys that get voted in, right? You don't see a defensive defenseman ever in the, in the you know, in the game. So you get this, it's kind of a, nobody wants to be a try hard, but no, so they're not trying hard on defense. And for sure they're not trying on defense because these are all offensive players. Right. So you get a lot of breakaways. You get a lot of, you know, I, again, I watched the goalies suffer and I just go, they, they must just hate this. They'd rather, you know, stick a, 
uh, a fake goalie in that than themselves, I'm sure. But uh, but it, it's fun to watch because there's some serious skill out there, and you see you do see some cool things. But it's uh, I don't know I've always I, like I said to you I don't normally watch the actual game. I'll watch the skills competition, but I don't normally watch the games. But I actually watched it. It was a little bit entertained this year, so it wasn't so bad. Yeah, um, it's uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I I. The skills competition was hit and miss for me. I tried to watch it. I was watching two kids at the same time. So like I caught moments of it. I didn't. I appreciate you helping me break it down. Um, I, I think I would have been a little more excited if my players did a little better uh, in them. You know, it's, it's one of those things you're kind of find yourself rooting for your players. But I enjoy seeing other players in the league. And it's just kind of this, uh, you know, fun little thing that the NHL does. I enjoy it much more than I like any of the others. Like I didn't even watch the NFL all-star, you know, they call it the pro bowl. I didn't, you know, I, I'm not a fan of that either. For some reason, I'm just not an all-star fan. It's just doesn't seem to work out as well as I'd like it to, you know, you think of all these great players there, you think, Oh, this would be great. It never really is. It's just the problem is defense. Right. So for me, like yeah. a sport like hockey, um, you know, the goalies can still steal the show. The defense can still make some plays. Right. Where yeah. in the NBA, you kind of take a step back and let people do crazy dunks. So like, yeah. it's just these crazy inflated scores. It's like who can score more? I liked last year's format for the NBA uh, where they had to like set to a certain uh, score limit and play to that just to make it a little interesting and a little bit different. Uh, yeah. I also like the, the things past. in the past of the, in the NHL too. I, I remember Glenn Sather got them to change the format so they could, you know, they were given a certain number of players that, that were all-stars and then they got to fill the team with the, whatever players they wanted. Well, the Glenn Sather was picking defensive defensemen, right? And his team like slaughtered the other team because the other guy was picking all these all-stars, right? And uh, you start to realize how important a defensive defenseman is, right? And, and uh, you know, then you have goalies that aren't just sitting there going whatever and, you know, just stepping aside when someone goes to take a slap shot and going, yeah, hit the net if you can, right? So, so yeah, it's, it's hard Hockey's to more exciting because in football, like, 2 a.m. touch is not exciting. Like, the, no. I, I know that the AFC was up huge, and I almost turned – I, I kind of did turn it off. And then the NFC stormed back because, again, there's no defense. And, like, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. So, uh, for me, of all the sports, the hockey is the most exciting. But I, I think almost all – and I like the three-on-three tournament just because it's a little bit different. You get to see the overtime rules. And uh, yeah. if they're not going to play defense anyways, like, why not even just not have defensive players on the team? So, like, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it makes some sense. But, anyway, um, I'm going to bring in our next guest. So we're going to switch gears a little bit and we're going to talk oh, some one, more thing, one more quick okay. thing. Uh, Fosia sang that Oh Canada at the, uh, um, uh, the all-star game or the, she was the one that sang Oh Canada. I, I think that was at the, at the actual game. Yeah. And uh, they, so she's from Winnipeg. Jillian's met her. They've, you know, they've talked before and, uh, and she's an up and coming star in the music industry. And uh, then they had Blanco Brown do the U S anthem and he, he sang it great. But he gets to the end. He did this weird scream at the end that I, I can't get out of my head ever since it happened. <laughs> I missed that. So that's, that's yeah, a good call out. I um, yeah, Posey, like I said, from Winnipeg, from my hometown here, and my daughter's met her, and they've talked. And my daughter actually has a picture with her that she has. So it's uh, that's kind of neat to see her singing that. So, anyways, bring in bring in Davey. Yeah, all right, Davey, uh, come on in, and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit of Olympics, and I'll. Uh, uh, first of all, David, thank you for the raid and, and joining us and bringing all your friends over. And uh, I was able to catch a bit of your stream earlier. And uh, I'm excited for the together wherever. Um, I don't even know how many instances of this have there been. Is, is there a certain number we're at? Do we know? Well, they're not number 10 now. 10. Number 10. This is 10. coming up. Wow. Yeah, 10 coming up. Coming up. 
Um, yeah, nice to meet you, everybody. Thank you very much for bringing me in uh, to join you all for some Olympic talk. So nice to see you all here. We get to see Modfather in living color, right? I it's love just, it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, Looking so, dapper, Modfather. I like yeah, it. So I think we need awesome Modfather emotes in the chat now, guys. Well, there is a yeah. lot already. Oh. Yes, there oh, is. there's a bunch. We're scamming yes, those is. Modfather emotes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> For sure. If you're watching on Facebook, you probably have no idea what's going on. But <laughs> exactly. Twitch has so. a great platform where it has a great chat engine, and we do we can do like smileys in there that we call them emotes over on Twitch. So. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, yeah, fellas, uh, Olympic stock. I mean, off to flying start. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, I I honestly wish that I had been able to capture more of this. It's, it's hard with having two little ones. And so one of the things that I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to let you guys kind of steal the show a little bit and talk about okay. some of your guys' favorite uh, events. And um, the first thing I'm going to bring up is just the medal count. We'll talk about that. And then uh, we'll, we'll get into some of your favorite events, uh, at, go back and forth between the two of you, and uh, we'll talk about them. And uh, if anyone in chat has any thoughts about those events, I'll bring those up as well. Let me uh, bring up the, the medal count. Um, am I happy to accept cookies? Sure. Um, I'm so... always happy to accept cookies. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Um, so... Uh, Depends on how you value. We've had this debate before uh, with Davey on who's winning uh, the Olympics after the first uh, week or so, not even a full week. Um, uh, right now, uh, China is winning because uh, they have more gold medals than anybody else, right? But some people think total medals uh, should be into consideration. And so I will show you um, in, in the total ones, uh, I believe it's uh, the people that are not Russia, but Russia. Um, and, uh, so, uh, they have seven total, um, thing, but if you look at their Canada's right there with six total, uh, the United States is all the way down here with three. So, uh, we're, we haven't had a great start so far. Uh, I'll just get a general thought about the, the, the gold, silver, bronze and total medal count from each one of you. And then we'll get into some of your favorite events. I'll, I'll start off with you, Davey. Uh, what are your thoughts on the early, uh, totals that we see coming in? What are we good for Canada, right? Like they just had some great wins in the um, in uh, in a lot of events. I mean, snowboarding, for example, and then um, I, I think some other events too. What a, it just it, they they took down some. I think they had like two medals in one of the events. It's really great. Um, yeah, you mentioned U.S. being down. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, what everything I saw, U.S. was just getting their butt kicked and like everything <laughs> curling. They, you know, it's funny because like there have been some years where 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 mixed U.S. pairs would make it pretty far in curling. This is not that year. They were not in it at all. I mean, they weren't they were in Australia bad, but they were bad. <laughs> they were not. They did not have much of a say in the round robin at all. And so, and then I was gonna get to this when we got to skiing, but Michaela Schiffer was like the biggest name in skiing, at least for us here in the U.S. She wiped out on her event. Like she fell eleven seconds into the thing, and it's like, well, there goes like their best hope in the U.S. to get a gold medal, like in in, in skiing. Like that would have been the first. That would have been the th the first American to get three gold medals in uh, in skiing, and it was. And then she just got. I mean, she she just got. She ate it like on <laughs> the fourth turn. I don't. There's, did you all see that one? Did you all see that? This is something that oh, happens in a lot of Olympics, though. You. Alpine yeah. skiing always has a problem. There's always a problem that yeah. people wipe out, and it, it's it's weird at the Olympics how bad it is all the time. And this year is no yeah. exception. 
horrible. There's like bad wipeouts in the men's and the women's and yeah. And, and they're, and they're out, they're gone. You know, you wipe out, you're done. So yeah. It's, it's I don't think the to... winter Olympics are really the event for the, or, or really the Americans kind of event. I mean, meaning to say that I think the dominance is more in the summer games. I tend to notice that they're not quite as dominant in the Winter Olympics. Probably, I don't know what your what your memory of it is, but you know, you talk about hockey, you talk about well, the Americans used hockey. to be better. They they were better long ago, but it seems the last I don't know four Olympics or so they just kind of seem to not perform as well as they used to. Oh yeah, yeah in, no, in, no in the winter for sure. In no the doubt. summer they still... in the winter absolutely yeah. yeah. They yeah. still are able to. They used to be to better. Figure skating, for example, like they were much better at figure skating. You know, back in the like seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into some of the different events um, that we wanted to talk about, and then I can pull stuff up. So the first one uh, that we want to talk about with Stuart is the Canadian women's hockey, uh, and we can talk about the U.S. ones as well. The, the games I saw with the U.S. women, uh, they, they looked pretty good, uh, and I think that they're kind of on a collision course to probably play each other again. Uh, Stuart, from the Canadian side, what are your thoughts on uh, hockey so far? Well, they're playing each other in an hour, so that's <laughs> they will be in the final together. Uh, you know, Canadian women or Canadian women's hockey in general has been two teams, you know, for the last twenty years. It was uh, it was all Canada before that. In the last twenty years, it's it's Canada and the states. Uh, Canada's won four of the last five Olympics, but that the states have beat them more in World Championships. So it seems like the states are always good between Olympics, and then Canada comes into the Olympics and, and kicks her butt, right? So well, not kicks her butt; they're all close games. Uh, Canada's on a kind of a win streak against the Americans right now. They won six of the eight, last eight times they played against each other. So that'll be the final. There's no doubt about it. The Canadian women's jerseys, the red jerseys with the black maple leaves could be the ugliest jerseys I've ever seen. Uh, IIHF refing still sucks. Every time I watch it, I'm still baffled how bad it could be. Um, and uh, something interesting happened to both Canadian and the American teams. Their, their number one players, both of them, uh, got taken out. Uh, the U.S. team, is their best player was, uh, is, I believe her name is Brianna Decker. Yeah, that's it. And uh, uh, she uh, she got taken out by what you have to consider a dirty hit. Uh, and, uh, you know, the double IHF ref was standing right there watching it and, and no penalty call whatsoever. I'm not so sure the snooker was on purpose. I've watched the replay like a dozen times to try and tell. I can't tell you. But Brianna's gone for the Olympics because her leg was broken. And um, so they've lost their best player. The Canadians lost Dao, their best player, uh, from a, a dirty hit in the in the first game, too. And these are games that happened last week before the Olympics started. They were the, the first games were done before the official start of the Olympics, right? So we both lost our best best players. The Canadian girl might be back, but the American is gone. So, you know, it's... Uh, uh, it, it was, you know, the dirty hit on Brianna Decker is the one that bothers me. It, it, like I said, I'm not 100% sure the slew foot is, you know, a real slew foot, but it looked bad to me. Yeah, for sure. I ha I hate the Olympics website. I think it's one of the worst created websites in existence. Um, so that's going to be every year. It's so bad. And I don't understand why. Um, oh, I grabbed the wrong graphic. I was going to grab an Olympics graphic. But anyway, um, let me click that off. But uh Anyway, we're just going to go full screen. We're just going to chat because I really hate this. I've been trying to navigate it over here on the side. But anyway, the, oh, you're struggling. You're struggling. Yeah, just talk. <laughs> it's just it's just so bad. Um, anyway, the I, I'm so frustrated because I actually knew somebody that was on the U.S. Olympic team, and I was hoping that she would make it again uh, this year, Haley Skrupa. And she's been a phenomenal friend of she's the show. Player. She's come on uh, and uh, she was uh, she was great to us. She you know helped us break down 
the big uh, run uh, to the Stanley Cup. She was on a lot of our playoff games for that. And then she came back and talked about what it was like to uh, be a part of the parade and, and all of that. So uh, I was hoping that she would make it again just because she's a Rockville native, which is uh, my hometown. Uh, and it's just rare for us to have Olympians. And it's cool. There's a picture online. I don't have it on me right now of me getting to hold uh, that gold medal, which is the only gold medal I've ever gotten to hold. So uh, hopefully they're able to um, find a way. But I think it's going to be a tough matchup tonight uh, for sure. Um, but I think you're right, Stuart, in that they're probably going to play each other regardless. Yeah, it'll be those two teams. An interesting connection too. One of the girls on the Canadian team was Jillian's AAA coach when she was a uh, when she was playing hockey. So a girl that plays defense, uh, uh, Jocelyn the Rock, uh, is actually Jillian's old coach. I actually hired her to be the coach for that team. So I hired her sister actually, and then they, they came into that. That's cool. That's really cool. That's yeah, really that's fun. All right, I'm going to go back and forth. So I'm going to get Davey have the next one. I know curling is a really popular sport. I, I know that Carol watches it. I know a lot of uh, people that watch my podcast watch curling. Uh, can you give a curling update to our fans? Well, it's all about Italy right now. I mean, they are just dominating the tournament. They haven't lost a single mat, uh, game, for, whether in round robin or in an elimination play. So the way it works is that you have your round robin, then you go straight to the semis. There's no quarterfinal round. But Italy has just absolutely trashed everybody. And um, they, so we're up to a gold medal game between Italy and Norway. And that's coming up. I think if you really want to watch it, it starts at 7 o'clock Eastern, if you can find it on whatever channel it's on, Peacock or whatever. Um, but uh, it, 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 it's, just, it's stunning. And Stefania Constantini is really the star of the show with Italy, with that Italy mixed pair. Pair. She has had some insane shots. You can just knock out like three stones out of the out of the targets. And um, it's it's I don't know if that's what called targets, but you know that the circles that you, you kind of that you kind of throw them at to uh, to score. And then I mean just some sick shots. Like Stuart, you, you saw this right? Like did you see how how incredible like the, the Italian team is doing right now? Well, the funny part about it is the Canadians, their last game was against the mm -hmm. Italians. And the Canadians are like the Americans. They're underperforming like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And their last game came up against the Italians. And they had to beat Italy to make the, the playoffs, right? So they had Italy on the ropes. All they had to do was, was throw a, a good draw shot to the last shot. And they messed it up so badly. And it was kind of the story of the entire Olympics for them. They're yeah. like the Americans. They just kept messing up. And I'm watching it going, how bad can you be? I could make the shot and I haven't curled in like, you know, 30 years. So uh, <laughs> I could have made the shot better than they did. And, and yeah, it was just horrible, horrible management of, a, of an easy, easy shot. So, you know, that but the, Italians, the Italians what? deserve what they are. They, I've watched their games and oh my God, they're good. They're insanely they're, good. Yeah. It's going to be a really tall task for Norway to beat them. I will, we'll, we'll see if they get it done, but it's going to be coming up in, in about 12 hours, actually. So uh, if you all are – I kind of wish I was on East Coast time. I could probably watch some of that. That would be really fun. But um, I'm very interested to see the result because maybe what could happen when you're that good, you might get a little overconfident. You're going to be underestimating with the other team, and we'll see. But – uh, it's been a it's been a very very dominant tournament for Italy so far, and we'll see. So it's been, I I I it's kind of funny that it all happened in two days. I'm like, damn, it's almost all over. <laughs> it's like that's crazy. Yeah. But I know some some of us haven't even started yet, and some are over. Like it's so yeah. like crazy how that all works out. Um, but uh, uh, SFX Pines uh, says, fun fact: Modfather was a beast at sports, and uh, I've I've had. 
the pleasure offline of talking about some of his sports stories. Uh, that's why I wanted to have him on. And uh, I know that he likes all sorts of different sports, which I think is a unique perspective uh, to give yeah, us today. I played, I played everything. I, uh, I love sports. I was, uh, I, you know, I went to university as a track athlete, right? So, uh, uh, you know, being a track athlete, when you got that kind of speed, they want you in every sport, right? So I played a whole bunch of sports and uh, yeah, I, I love sports. I've always been a big sport addict, played way too much when I was younger. I played every sport you can imagine. Well, Jillian and uh, I have that in common. My dad was a, a track athlete as well. And actually, um, at one point, was recruited by a bunch of different schools to do some hurdles and stuff like that and was able to do, I think, the Penn Relays at one point. I don't know if he's still watching. Oh, right that's, now, a, but, that's, um, a, that's a big meet. Yeah. So um, uh, I used to go to the Penn Relays every year when I went to the University of Pennsylvania. I love uh, track and field. I think it's a really cool sport that isn't often talked about enough um, and uh, we'll have to definitely talk about that when the Summer Olympics come back around. But uh, it's, um, you know, I, I think it's so cool to see all the world athletes compete in all these different sports. There's so many different things uh, to talk about. We're going to move on from curling uh, down to cross-country skiing. So, uh, Stuart, what are some of your thoughts on uh, what has happened so far in the Olympics with that? You know, I, I watch cross-country skiing with, um, I don't know, I, I, with a, a bit of fear because I, I – I, I hate watching the people that win. I absolutely hate it. Uh, Teresa Johog won the first uh, uh, gold medal of the Olympics, right? And uh, cross-country skier, Norwegian. Uh, last time at the Beijing went, to, or not at Beijing, at the other, the last Olympics, whatever. She was she was uh, serving an 18-month doping ban. I have a problem with that that part of the Olympics because cross-country skiing is so bad for doping. For you know, it is one of the worst sports. It's almost as bad as track and field and I'd say, no, I'd say it's worse than track and field, maybe not quite as bad as uh, road racing bike racers. Uh, they all are horribly bad for doping. And this this girl got, you know, an 18-month uh, ban for doping. Why is she even allowed to play anymore? Why is she allowed to, to be in the sport? Uh, I hate watching that. And that's, I always, so I always watch, you know, uh, cross-country skiing and go, eh, you know, it doesn't thrill me for that reason. Yeah, for sure. Um, Davey, were you able to watch any of uh, the cross-country or the more distant stuff? I was. It was interesting. I was not aware of the doping situation. That's 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 a that sucks. I didn't know about that. Like you wouldn't think that a distance event would require doping, but so here we are. I guess. <laughs> I'm like, is it just for stamina purposes, Mod Father? Or what do you think? Like, I, I I'm curious as to why they would need to dope like that. Usually for strength events, you know, short distances, I get it, but endurance events like like uh, cross country and and biking, there's a different style of doping. It's a, you know more. Uh, back in the days was adding red blood cells in it was adding you know uh things that could make you last longer right it's not right, as much right. steroid use it's it's the other kinds of doping that they, that they do and that's uh. really really prevalent in those sports because of that because um endurance sports basically you know if you've got the right uh, kind of chemicals in your body yeah you've got a huge advantage over everybody else okay hmm. yeah yeah well said uh let me get into some of this so um there was a mixed relay biathlon final, which just reminded me of the absurd of us. I, I, I just me trying to wrap my head around the idea that you're skiing for like several kilometers and then you have to take shots at targets for like ten minutes. I'm like, I haven't really got I, my I head actually, around that. I, I actually love that sport, and there's another sport that's known for doping because they they uh they love to take drugs that slow down their heart rates, right? So you know. Uh, and, mm. and, and the sad part about sports, and you know, if you've watched it enough over the years and as many decades as I have, you start to realize they just, all they do is improve upon the drugs all the time. They're constantly mm -hmm. improving upon the drugs, so they're harder to detect, harder to 
you know, to, to, uh, you know, catch the people using them and all that. So, yeah, so that, that, that sport, there's a lot of doping where they, you know, they use things that slow down their hearts. Again, I'm not sure if that's still prevalent in that, in that sport, but, it, but if you, if you watch these guys, if you talk to one of these guys that competes in this, um, it's very important to shoot between heartbeats because there, there's actually a little bit of a jump in their gun, right? So they have to right, wait till right. they heartbeats. And if their heartbeat is beating too fast, well, it's hard to hit that spot, right? So if you got a slow heartbeat, well, you got that, you got time to make that shot, right? So uh, that that sport is a, I, I'm sorry, I'm being very negative on the on the doping parts of the sports here, but that's it's just part of the sport, I guess. So it is, but, but, but you're that it's, is so it's much fair fun to watch. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's interesting that you know you can make or break your your you can make or break your bid for a medal based on how you shoot, which is wild. It's like you're beating everybody, and then you go up and you're like have to sit on your stomach, and then you have to shoot like this, and then you're like, eh, you kind of miss it by like a millimeter, and then it's like, oh, there goes his gold medal chance. That's it. It's over. So, um, but anyway, um, with the the it, biathlon, it is interesting because it can it can blow a gold medal if you miss a shot. And now you got to do that happened. extra. Yeah, I think right? it happened. Yeah, it absolutely happened. It, certainly, maybe not the gold per se, but if at, at bare minimum you you, you blew a medal. Um, it happened with uh, who was it? Yeah, the Nor the guy from Norway lost so much ground, like just missing. He was just whiffing all the targets you know, during all the shooting, like the biathlon. <laughs> but he still won because in the final two kilometers, he was just gunning and he was just yeah. taking his like uh, his sticks and he was just, like passing everybody. So good, good for him. Like I'm glad he still ended up winning that thing. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to uh, a couple other quick events. I know um, I'm going to go back to Stuart's thoughts on uh, slope style snowboarding. I, I know snowboarding is a pretty popular one in the United States. What are your thoughts on uh, that event? The, the, okay, so the women's was really fun to watch. It was it was a good competition. An American, um, Julia Marino, laid down this killer run in her second run, right? And it's it, it's your best run that counts, right? So it does. it's not a total score thing or anything, but but uh, Marino laid down this insane run, got a super high score, and he thought no one's going to catch her. There's not a chance anyone's going to beat her, right? Then they go to get to the third runs, and uh, and a uh, girl by the name of uh, from New Zealand, Zoe Zoe Sadowski Sinat, beat her. And I swear to God, I wanted to scream because my internet died just before she went went down the hill, and I, I wanted to see what she did. I and I, I you know went and found it on later online, but you know you'd rather watch it live, right? So. She did do an insane, insane run, but I thought the American had it won. And uh, and the men's snowboarding was slope style. Obviously, I thought it was great because we got a, a gold and a bronze out of the deal, right? Uh, but uh, I, I always wonder why people do this because this sport, oh my God, you get injuries. You know, they, they talk about, you know, he's broken his leg, he's broken his back, he's all these, you know, neck injuries. And, and I, I just, I cannot believe the number of injuries these guys take. It's insane. You watch these guys, they're going 30 feet, 40 feet in the air. And landing you know and, and and it's wild to watch right um and and the other thing i hate about watching sports like that is when when you're watching i, I like to cheer on you know whoever right? you know, I, I, I not just canadians like to cheer on other countries but whenever there's a canadian in there and they're in the lead now i turn into like the guy you know the fans in happy gilmore when uh shooter mcgee was up there taking his shots right and you're going miss miss <laughs> <laughs> You I, I don't want Canadians? people to screw up, but but the Canadians in the lead, so it's like this, this. Oh, yeah, he's really against the other yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, got you, I, got I I find myself doing that for Team USA too, so I think that's yeah, that's I, I natural. I do that, but it's it's natural. 
right. It's, it's your it's your country first uh, mentality. Uh, Davey, any thoughts on the the snowboarding? Oh, wasn't that just fun? Like it was so much fun. Like I I, I co-signed everything that Modfather said about the women's final. It was an incredible, incredible oh, final. Fun like, to watch. Fun to watch. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. So Marino, as you mentioned, Marino, like yeah, eighty-seven points in that on that run. Like it's it's an insane run. But then, so the 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 lady who won, Zoe Sadowski Sinat from New Zealand, had an amazing double ten eighty. And if you don't know what that is, so mm. if you know what a one eighty is, this is a one eighty. A three sixty is like this. A seven twenty would be two of them. So a ten eighty would be like four of those. Like that that's just unbelievable. And he did the double version of that. Like that's 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 just outrageous. The yeah, athleticism involved. Yeah. Yeah. Just I'll have to go back and so, watch that one for sure. Yeah. Well, actually, the, the men's, there's actually a neat story in the men's too. I forgot to mention the Canadian that won gold. Uh, he uh, he is a cancer survivor. He did chemotherapy before this and uh, he literally beat cancer and uh, took a little bit of time off of competing and then came back in and made it to the Olympics and won the gold medal. So kind of a really, really cool story. It's an unbelievable story. I mean, uh, Max Pearl, right? It's so he he's a three time Olympian. And to beat out Hodgkin's lymphoma to do that, that, just to even be in it is like unbelievable. But to win the gold, I mean, props to Canada. I thought that's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, that, the story was great. And the guy that won the bronze is broke. He's broken every bone in his body and uh, had to recover several times off of serious injuries and all that. So it was, you know, a couple of neat things to see get the guys get medals. And the Canadian that got the bronze has got bronze three three Olympics in a row now. So. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. uh, Do you so feel did... bad for? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I know you can put. You can go. I was just going to add. Red Gerard is like the the name out here, and my question is: Do you feel sorry for Red Gerard for missing out of the medal stand? Hmm. I, you no. know, I, don't, I don't know much about Red Gerard. I, I, I don't then... either, but I just remember like him being in commercials. And I'm like, I yeah. guess that sucks for him. <laughs> so I had to say about Red Gerard, but interesting. He uh, had real... a bobble during his run. That's why, like, he kind of, I kind of blew it there. Just blew a kiss to the guys on the screen, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what happened here? You guys, my wife is blowing a kiss because she's going to bed. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, have a great night. Yeah, have a good have one. Great night. Um, let's go into uh, some skiing. Um, is there anything more that you want to talk about that, Davey? Uh, going into the moguls. Moguls. Some very interesting juice. And um, let's give it up to Jalen Koff. From the women's side, the women's moguls final, a fantastic 80.28 score to clinch silver. I mean, that doesn't sound like, I know that often we're talking about, oh, gold or nothing, but that's a great, that's a great, that's a great run. You know, oh, I hate that first... attitude. You know, it's like when someone comes fourth in the Olympics and you think, oh, too bad they missed the medals. No, they were fourth in the world, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. But you know what? That medal thing, this, there's that cutoff point, right? And then even even yeah. if you get a bronze or a silver, it's like, well, you got a bronze or silver. That's pretty good. You know, but no, it's amazing. But anyway, sorry. I agree. I mean, and, and so it's the first year medal for the U.S. in the moguls, in the women's moguls final since 2014. So that's, that's really good. That's really good. Um, on the men's side, I think the story was – you know, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like a, uh, like a sort of like a, a I think, and I, if I'm watching, if I was watching this correctly, I think this happened at the end. But Walter Wahlberg from Sweden won the gold with a fast run. And he did a lot of it with speed because he was like flying through this final run to take the gold. And it's a big upset over Michael, Mikhail Kingsbury, who was the, I, I, I think every, a lot of people, after, especially after he did his run for 82.818 points for Canada, 
We're like, oh, he's going to win. Like, but then, like, I just – I honestly did not think that after he – that Wahlberg did his run that that was going to be enough for a gold. I mean, Modfather, I don't know if you saw that too, but I, – I did um, not see the moguls at all. I did not watch oh, moguls. Oh, okay, okay. I, I missed moguls all of wild. Them. Okay, okay. So you didn't see it. But, yeah, so, Robbie, if, you, if you're not familiar with moguls, basically – Instead of just sliding down a smooth like mountain, I'm a skier. Like a... Just so you know, but like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so <laughs> I do, I do know moguls. Yeah, I, oh, okay, right it's on, things yeah. I try to avoid when I'm skiing. Is you know moguls, um, but uh, you know it, it's exciting to watch people like bounce back and forth between them. I mean, it's some crazy stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. I prefer. I, I've done some double black diamonds and things like that myself. Um, I haven't skied in 10 years, which is crazy to me. As a kid, I used to do it every single winter. Uh, but uh, it's uh, when you marry a Texas girl, she doesn't ski. It, it makes it more <laughs> difficult. Uh, but, um, you know, someday I'll, I'll have my kids learn and then hopefully she'll learn with them. Uh, but I think skiing is phenomenal. I actually... Uh, really like a bunch of different you know, skiing, both the, the trick skiing, you know, where they're doing the, the jumps kind of like you see with the snowboard. Um, they do that now, actually, or they were. Yeah. 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 Um, and there's, um, you know, the downhill's intense. We talked about a little bit, like it's, they seem to have these crazy fast tracks and just people get injured all the time on them. It's just such a, a dangerous sport. Um, they're just going at these crazy, crazy speeds, but uh, the, the most people that don't know they're bouncing between, uh, different little heavy patches of snow that are hard to like, you know, very dense. And so they're yeah. just sort of bouncing yeah. between them um, and uh, try to get down there as quickly as possible without uh, dying. I, I, I tend to hate moguls because it's just sometimes you just get stuck on them if you don't like go quickly enough. And um, it, it's annoying as a casual skier, uh, but uh, it's pretty impressive to watch at the Olympic level for sure. Yeah, and I agree. I, I agree with CW Guitar. It looks so hard on the knees and lower back. It really does. I'm like, I'm it is actually. That's that's that. what they're known for. Their knees and lower back problems can cost them. Oh, wow. Right. Like, I have I have metal rods in my back, so I try to tend to avoid them. In fact, would, yeah. my parents used to get pissed at me because I used to take a lot of jumps on skis off of things and do like yeah. not yeah. like like crazy flips, but you know, try to do like simple tricks. And my parents were like. You've got Mel Rose in your back. What the heck are you thinking? I'm like, you know, like, you know, you can only, you only live once, right? So, um, but uh, I haven't done it in a long time. But yeah, skiing is uh, really interesting. And uh, there's definitely some uh, skiing events going on right now if people are watching live on uh, NBC, um, at least on the Eastern time zone. I don't know what, what's being displayed on, on the on the West so there, Coast. There is a major story on the freestyle skiing, you know, the uh, yeah. Eileen, Eileen Gu, I'm sure you guys know that name. Um, mm -hmm. She uh, born in San Francisco and, and decided at 15 years old to denounce her American citizenship. So she's skiing for uh, China now and because uh, her mother was Chinese. Um, and she's also a model and she made the decision four years ago when she was 15 years old, she's 19 now. And there's a lot of controversy because I honestly, I, I believe that her decision was based on, you know, where can I make the most money as a model? You know, it had nothing to do with the, the sport. She was saying, you know, trying to be this Puritan and saying that, you know, I want to unite uh, the world and all that. And, and reality is, I think she went over there because she got so many contracts, uh, Chinese contracts for modeling there that, that uh, it overrode road, uh, you know, reason and all that. So now she's competing for China, and it's uh, it's kind of a slap in the face to America to say that you know China, I want to compete for China, a country that's not known for their uh, you know to be good people to their citizens or whatever. And, and honestly, I don't even think Beijing should get the Olympics, but that's a whole other point for another day. But uh, yeah, that was yeah. that has to be brought up and has to be mentioned because uh, 
I don't know how she did today or how she's doing. I I that would make her tough to root for, right? Like that would make her really tough to root for. Well, so, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, there's some page called her the, the jerk of the Olympics, right? So yeah. I honestly think yeah. that her, her decision was all career based. You know, uh, she's a she's a model and she was looking to make money off it. So I mean, I think more power to her on that front. But as far as like trying to, yeah, I mean, well, to make it sound like you're trying to be the the good person doing the right thing, that's know? the problem. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the problem. Like you're trying to make it something that you're not, and that's oh, she that's won. Where... She won gold. Oh, she won. She won tonight. Well, that's that's a there's an American yeah. gold medal gone. <laughs> mm. Ah, whatevs, yeah. whatevs. We'll we'll take yeah. it back in the Summer Olympics. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, we got one more event just for timing purposes that we'll talk about tonight, and then maybe we'll have you guys uh, be the anchor next week and come back because uh, I know that we'll have Super Bowl talk, and I'll know I'll have my NBA roundtable, and I know that you guys uh, live on the West Coast, so maybe I'll have you come back towards the tail end of next week to talk more Olympics um, if you're available. Uh, the, the last one I want to talk about is speed skating because uh, you both had it on your list of topics to talk about. Yep. Uh, so, D Davey, I'll let you start, and then I'll uh, get Modfather's thoughts on it as well. Well, let me first say hello to your your little kitten. I mean, hello there. What's, <laughs> yeah. what's the name? I'm jealous I don't have a cat. I would have brought a cat in here if I would have known that. I know. Yeah, his name is Neville. He's uh, I know. I, I, I've known Neville now 10 years, which is crazy. He's oh. a, a, pa a package deal with my wife. When I met her, uh, he came along for the ride. So That's awesome. Yeah. Well, why he's, don't we he's start a, with... He's a Cali kitty, too. He's from California. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. She got him off the streets oh. in California. Oh, look at that. Wow. Yeah. I hope that's where you can, that's where you can find Davey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me, too. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll meet each other at some point. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah, sorry, so speed skating, yeah. So um, we could go any number of directions. Let's start with the mixed team relay final that was a disaster <laughs> the nice. giant collision right off the bat and then and then china beat out italy hungry for the gold and there were just so many collisions in that 2000 mixed team relay final it was just a mess like i and my father were you watching that too like that that was just what a, yeah it, it yeah. literally looked like a train wreck yeah it, it, you know the, the funny thing about the sport is i love the sport i don't know what it is about that sport it is so much fun to watch but you spend as, at least as much time, or no, way more time, doing video reviews because the judges got to go. Oh, we got to disqualify someone here because something happened every single race. You know the, the number yeah. of disqualifications, but it, it is what it is because you you know you put a bunch of super fast skaters in this tiny little rink and say go as fast as you can. What's going to happen? <laughs> right? And there's there's something funny that uh, that someone pointed out on on Davy's Discord today. Um, that uh, one of the Chinese skaters took one of those those little tiny pylons, or just like little puck sized pylons. And shoved it forward, so it went under the skates of another another uh, athlete, and they wiped out. Do you think out. that really happened, though? Like, did you? Yeah, well, you know, that, that's that's an interesting. We never saw the video, so I, I tried. I tried right. finding the video. I it couldn't find it. Got any. mysteriously deleted from the from the Reddit. Like that. So I'm not sure it? if it's real or not. Do you think it's real? I don't know if it is because I'm just like looking. If it's from that specific, I didn't. If the first the thing I was trying to figure out was like, what event was that from? Because I was trying to figure out where when this happened. Um, if it is from the 2000 meter. Yeah, I do kind of wonder if that was an actual authentic video. You know, I never trust yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I, the fact it got deleted made me wonder that too. But that's yeah, that's the right. nature of that sport. And the thing I find funny about that sport is that that there's so much that, that they do like cheating wise. They're all constantly trying to cheat. Every single person out there. I'm not mm -hmm, saying mm -hmm. you know just the Chinese are cheating. No, that's it's mostly yeah. the Americans, mind you. No, I'm kidding. 
Uh, it's ah. it, they all, all throwing up elbows. They're all doing gain an edge, and it, it, it's funny to watch because it's a it's a brutal, brutal sport. But it, it's oh my god, is it hilarious to watch too? Because it's it's just fun. Yeah. It's like it's like a much like more condensed version of NASCAR racing. It's just sort of like <laughs> just spills out all over the ice. Mixed in with roller great. derby. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously, seriously. So that was that was that was an experience. If you missed it, Robbie, go check out the replay. I will um, for sure. Um, a couple of historic events in the uh, in the other in the other finals, though. I think the most notable is that of the women's fifteen hundred meter final. Thirty-five year old Irene. I don't think I've pronounced this correctly, but Irene Woost clinches her third 1,500-meter gold medal in four games, which just in and of itself just sounds amazing, and sixth gold overall in any, you know, in all the Olympics. And the time she set in this event set an Olympic record. So that's an awesome moment for uh, – I think she's from the Netherlands, if I, if I remember correctly, but just an incredible, incredible run. Like these Olympics, like she's like the Michael Phelps of that specific event. So really good to see. Um, and then in the 500 meter final on the women's side, Ariana Fontana overtakes Suzanne Schulting in the last lap and a half with an inside turn to take the gold. And Schulting gets the silver and Kim Bhutan from Canada with the bronze. Um, I'm assuming that that was head to head. The thing about the speed game that's a little weird is that I think they just do heats. And then, like whoever has the fastest time ends up winning, so it doesn't necessarily mean that you're. you're it's not like a tournament. I don't think it's a tournament style, from what I saw, where like you beat X person and then you advance to the next round. I just think like whoever has the fastest time. But since you can only do like three or four people at a time in an individual final, I think uh, sometimes you can have a really good time and you have to wait out like the rest of the field to see if you won. Do you know what I mean? Um, but Modfather, what did you think of all these uh, speed gating events? Well, you know, it's interesting you'd say that because in, in uh, short track speed skating, they don't do it like regular speed skating where you got just two people on the ice and they're, you know, they're going full out and it's just time, right? And I've often wondered if they if they did that, it, it might be better because, you know, it, but it would take away from the fun of watching them try to kill each other. But they, it is, it would be interesting to see who is the fastest 500 meter skater. Forget the fact that, you know, someone got an elbow up in someone's face or, you know, somebody was able to. To, you know, had a little bit of a, of a bad start. You have a bad start in a 500 meter race, you're dead, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, little details like that. I would just like to see who's the fastest 500 meter skater on in, on an indoor track because the, the speeds they go at. Oh, I, I would love to go watch that. I've never actually seen one personally, and so I'd love to watch one day because it would be fun to watch. Yeah. Have you ever tried to speed skate? Because you notice how much bigger the skates are for speed skating over hockey. Like they're like it's, it's a whole different big. world. Jillian was one of the fastest skaters I've ever seen, and I and we uh, took her out to for a couple of speed skating things. I probably should have pushed her a little bit on that because she was insanely fast as a skater. But it's a whole different world with those long skates. It's a yes, yeah. You you can't turn, you can't uh, you know you can't maneuver, um, and you can't Uh, stop. There's no stopping whatsoever. I'm sure you notice when they're going, they just keep going until they run out of steam, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you're right. it's, it's, it's all all about speed, though. They're they're just designed to go fast, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Good stuff. All right, these guys are wild. Like in that in that scenario too. Like it's like, how do you do a relay? And then you you see them try, and like, how do you like? They have to come in a different angle, and then they push them. They push them, yeah. I, it's so funny. Like I just, it's just, know. isn't it just weird? Yeah. It is. It is. There's no other way to do it though. You can't really hand off a baton or anything. You'd just be no. like death trying to do that. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I hate to do this, but I do have my NBA roundtable that's going to have to come in uh, shortly. Uh, but I'll let you guys, each one of you guys give a final thought of uh, the first couple of days of the Olympics uh, and any shout out that you'd like to, to give uh, for any upcoming event or anything you'd like to talk about. Uh, and then we'll let each one of you guys go. And then maybe we'll have you guys uh, back for uh, more Olympics coverage uh, towards the tail end of uh, next week's uh, show, if you guys are available. But I'll start off with you, Modfather. Uh, any uh, final thoughts on uh, the beginning stages of these Olympics? Um, you know what? Every year at the Olympics, I, I get so excited. And then I try to watch too many sports, right? And it drives me well because there's sports I can't watch. But one thing that does drive me crazy in Canada is the amount of covering the, the coverage they do for figure skating. I, I like figure skating. You know, it, they are athletes. It's, they are, you know, watching them. I, I usually turn the sound off because I don't want to, I don't want to imagine them dancing. I just want to see what they're doing because it's insane. If you've ever skated, you go, oh my God, the stuff they do on skates is wild. So I, I always get disappointed though, because we get inundated with, with uh, figure skating here. And it's really, I, I don't think any sport that has, that's judged with any kind of artistic value should be in the Olympics. I just really don't believe that. And, and they overdo it with figure skating. Uh, you know, they've created a new competition called the, the uh, team figure skating thing or whatever. Uh, you know, it's just, it, honestly, I don't, I don't think of it much of a sport. I, I like watching it. And I think they're insanely good athletes, but I, I just don't look at it as a sport. And one other thing that happened funny at the Olympics this year, we're not funny, it was scary to me. Um, in 2010, a, a loser got killed in, in Vancouver in the Olympics. Uh, the, the loser was not very good. They were from Georgia and uh, not Georgia in the States, Georgia in Europe. But uh, uh, they, they were an awful loser and they made a big mistake and they went off the track and hit a pole that nobody thought anyone could ever possibly hit. So uh, his cousin competed a couple of days ago in the Olympics. Uh, same age as, as his cousin when he died, 21 years old. And this guy couldn't lose and I watched him go down and I'm just like uh, watching go down the hill so same last name uh, what's his name Kamarcha Valley or something like that Kamarcha anyways you know it was one of those things where you go they should have some kind of standard you should be able to go down one of these hills before you actually compete in the Olympics that was just a thought on that one but I but you know what I'm loving a lot of the sports I'm seeing I'm having fun, having fun watching it so it's been good I'm so happy you're able to come and uh, break it down with us um and uh, it's fun to actually get to see you. I know that we usually uh, we get to, yeah. Yeah, I know, I've gotten to hear your voice on uh, Davey's great AFC um, oh, uh, championship uh, game. That. That, was, yeah. that, was a fun, that was a fun game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, you're so, still wrong about overtime, no matter what. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah. I was, I was vindicated immediately. <laughs> no, you immediately. weren't. Yeah, that immediately. It was though. The defense, <laughs> the defense showed up like they could always and here's a good proof of it right they were in four championship games in a row and they lost both by winning and losing the coin flip so it doesn't matter what happens they didn't win either one of them nope <laughs> ask <laughs> buffalo about that i'm not sure about that comment but but listen the I, defense I could show up it's all about all three phases of football if it was just about the <laughs> offense then i would agree with you I, I, still, I still say the defense is the hardest position to play in the NFL, and they're too tired at the end to have one shot. shot but off. yet, but yet, <laughs> the defense showed up in the yeah, game that you if, guys were watching. If he didn't intercept it and they got the touchdown, then it would just be okay. Well, how come we don't get a chance? It's just, there's so much against it. But like, why doesn't everyone get chances? I think if you're going to do that, we'll talk about it for two seconds. 
then you give it 10 minutes and whoever's winning at the end of 10 minutes wins because like because whoever is winning at the you know one team has it then the other team has it and then why doesn't that just keep on going forever you know that's what the college rules were for forever but you know i kind of i I kind of equate that coin toss to uh or that one possession after a coin tossing to to uh, penalty shots in hockey, you know, just decide a game. I've never ever agreed with penalty shots in hockey to decide a game. I don't mind the fact they do it during regular season. It's you know it's kind of fun to watch or whatever, but but I I can't stand it. Like it, Europeans love it. You know, all their hockey championships. They're oh it's tied. Well, we're gonna go to penalty shots. No. no My solution but, is you do five minutes of four on four, followed by five minutes of three on three, and then if it's still that. tied. Then you can yeah. go to the shootout. That's my, you know, how I would solve it. But yeah, I, um, I love that. yeah so, but yeah. Um, yeah. Modfather, it was great to have you uh, join us. Um, and I hope that people check you out. I know you can check them out on uh, Primarial Sounds, uh, also on Jillian's uh, channel and all over Twitch. You're a, a fantastic person and part of our uh, Twitch music community. And I appreciate you as always. And I hope to have you on and uh, maybe next week if you're available or on another show sometime soon. I know we shouted out Jillian, but a shout out to Primordial Sounds too. Both Robbie yeah. and I are over there. Shout out to him. Yeah, for sure. I In my shout out command, I definitely uh, gave a shout out to both. So I appreciate you uh, for on both channels. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk soon. Take it easy, Modfather. Nice to see you. Yeah, nice for sure. All right, Davey, um, thank you so much for the rate. I really appreciate that. And uh, it was really uh, fun to have you be a part uh, of this. Uh, We've now gotten to talk two different Olympics, which is kind of a cool thing in just the short time that we've uh, been able uh, to be friends. And uh, I look forward to more Olympic coverage and maybe even next week if you're available. Um, And uh, I really appreciate your insight and bringing all your friends over here. And uh, and uh, yeah, well, I, I definitely I enjoyed your show earlier. I hope that people go check out the VOD uh, for that and uh, to definitely check out the Together wherever. Uh, it looks like a really great lineup. So I hope people uh, follow that as well. Um, Davey, any final thoughts before I let you go? Well, I, I really appreciate being able to talk sports. I guess this is definitely my wheelhouse. And um, I'll keep up to date on the rest of the Olympics. We'll see what happens. I do think the Americans are screwed in terms of like trying to get to the top of the medal rankings. But let's not worry about that. I think it's going to be a fun Olympics anyway. It'll be good. I agree with my father in the terms of the figure skating. Because sometimes it can be a little irritating dealing with like judging and all the histrionics that are involved with that, with that sport. But all in all, I think the Winter Olympics do have a lot to, to, to show us, and we've seen it already. So I think uh, stay tuned, everybody. Keep it on your various channels to check out the Olympics the rest of the way. I think there's a lot of excitement in store. Yeah, that's awesome. We just got another raid, uh, which is maybe the most raids I've ever gotten on a single show. So uh, <laughs> the, the Sunshine 86. That. It's a good topic. Um, and uh, I'm going to give them a quick shout-out. Um and uh thank you so much uh the sunshine 86 cool and uh i see that cliff is in the uh, chat as well um and uh but uh i really appreciate um them for joining us uh they're uh they love gaming and uh shooting guns and dirt track and all sorts of cool things stream mostly cod yeah so that's really cool and welcome raiders and Robbie, thanks again. Uh, enjoy the rest of your show. Hopefully the NBA se- part, um, segment goes well, too. 
yeah, I appreciate you guys for joining me and we'll definitely talk more soon. And uh, we really appreciate everyone for joining us. We're going to switch gears real quick and we're going to bring in our NBA round table. And um, I really appreciate everyone uh, for being uh, a, a part of that Olympics talk. We're going to bring in DC's people's champ. Who's been uh, one of our mods uh, in chat and we're going to bring in a rune as well. Uh, champ, it's been an exciting night on our Twitch stream. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Well, you're welcome for that third raid. I told her to raid you because I said, if you want to see me on the podcast, come raid me because she's got to go pick up her daughter in a few minutes. So I told her to nice. raid you. So you're, well, I, you're I, welcome. I, I appreciate that. I, I love all raids and I love people that love DC's People's Champ. So uh, it's, it's a combo right there. So um, Yeah, I'm one of her mods. So that's why, I, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and Arun, how are you doing tonight? Uh, not bad, uh, considering how badly the Wizards played. Yeah, we're going to get into that game. I'm going to share the screen real quickly here. We're doing a three up tonight, just the three of us. We're going to try to quickly do a speed round of uh, going through these games. Uh, the first one up is uh, this uh, Wizards uh, versus the Milwaukee uh, Bucks. Um, hold on, let me switch the view over here. And there we go. Um, so it started off uh, the Bucks outscoring 24 to 20. Uh, then outscored them 29 to 20 in the second. The Wizards fought their way back in the third, outscored 33 to 25. Uh, and then the Bucks uh, extended their lead uh, by outscoring them 34 to 25 for a 112 to 98 uh, win. Kyle Kuzma put up 25. Uh, Trez uh, put up 20 uh, points, uh, but it wasn't enough on the other side. Uh, Giannis, who always kills us, had a triple-double, 33 points, 11 assists, and 15 rebounds. And Drew Holiday had 22 points as well. Uh, we'll start off with Champ. What are your thoughts on this game? Right. So I already had a feeling that this game was probably not going to go the Wizards' way. And the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo messed around and, and got a triple-double just made it all too obvious for me. This um not a very good defensive performance by this team and this team has to realize that they don't score a lot so if you're not scoring a lot you have to play defense because you have to the object of the game is to get more points than your opponent for those who don't know how this works so um Kyle Kuzman went out there had 25 and 11 so he had a double double uh Trez had 20 off the bench so they had some score and KCP had 12 but it wasn't enough scoring when you have uh, Giannis out here throwing up 33 and just no defense, no, no sense of like fight or anything like that. They showed a little bit of fight in the third quarter, but for the most part, it was all bucks this game. And that's why we have the result that we have. Yeah. Arun, what are some of your thoughts on the, on the stats of this game? Yeah. The wizards actually, um, they were blown out pretty early in this game, but, they came back and they made an 88-85, but they were outscored dramatically after really started talking trash to Giannis, which wasn't a good idea. Um, but it's good that the young players um, had a good game in this game. Um, when they were on the court, Denny Kispert really had the highest on uh, off plus numbers, so they were outscoring the other team when they were on the court compared to everybody else. Uh, but Without Beal, as Ken alluded to, they didn't have enough offensive firepower. Although Kuzma had a good game, uh, there wasn't enough defense in this game. Thomas Bryant left the game with an injury. The team actually played better defense when he left, um, but it wasn't enough. Even 
the game was a lot closer in the fourth quarter, but they were just blown out again in the fourth quarter. For sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, we kind of thought this was going to happen. I'm happy that we didn't go 0 for 4 this week because we were a little bit worried that that was a possibility. Um, the 76ers game uh, was really exciting. I, I'm happy uh, that the Wizards played so well. They outscored 29 to 28 in the first, uh, outscored 30 to 26 in the second. Uh, the, the 76ers kind of came back in the third, outscored them 25 to 22, and the Wizards outscored them just barely in the fourth, 25 to 24. But every point mattered in a game where they only won 106 to 103. Uh, Kyle Kuzma had 24. Um, the only other people that were in double uh, figures, we had uh, Spencer Dinwiddle with 14. Um, we had Trez with 14, Rui at 11, and Corey Kispert had 11. Uh, we had a couple of players with nine, though, with Daniel Gafford uh, and uh, Neto. Uh, but overall, uh, the Wizards played pretty well and had good enough defense uh, at the end. Uh, Joel Embiid had 27 points and 14 rebounds, but he didn't break the 30-point barrier. Uh, we kind of always say that he needs to get his. But, like, how, how can we sort of stop everybody else? Two other players did score a fair amount of points, but they were able to still – uh, able to come away with the, the victory. I'm going to start this time with Arun. Arun, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, the Wizards played really good defense down the stretch in this game. Um, Kyle Kuzma came up with a huge block on Joel Embiid um, down the stretch. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie with the Russell Westbrook type line with the triple-double, 14 points, blue called rebounds, and um, a lot of assists. Uh, but um, this the momentum continued from the play that they showed against the Bucks. It was a back-to-back. Um, it was a weird win for the Wizards. The 76ers actually did beat the Grizzlies without Joel Embiid just a couple of days ago when the Wizards were blown out by uh, the, the the Grizzlies. But it just goes to show anything could happen in the NBA. It's just weird that the 76ers didn't come off a back-to-back, and they, as you alluded to last week, Robbie, that. The Sixers' next game was on a Saturday. It just was a good win for the Wizards against one of the best teams in the East. Yeah, for sure. I was just really surprised by this result. I was very happy about it because we needed to get a win somewhere, but uh, it just wasn't uh, what I was expecting. Um, and Champ, what are some of your thoughts on this game? I honestly, and I said it last week, I did not think we were going to win this game because it was coming off a back-to-back and it was on the road from coming off the road. So I figured this was going to be, I thought this game was chalk, honestly. But the Wizards went out there and showed that fight that they normally show in a lot of games that they've had. They went out there and fought. And what we are failing to to mention is that, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie only had 14 points, but he had a triple-double. So that came up huge in this game for them to be able to snap a six-game losing streak and really start to put things in, like try to put things together. And so great result for this game that they would come off of losing big in Milwaukee, have to turn around and play in Philly, and end up beating Philly despite uh, Joel Embiid having 27 points and 14 rebounds, a double-double. Great win for the Wizards. Yeah, it's a good point because uh, it seems whenever we're playing with Bradley Beal, Spencer kind of um, whittles away, if you will. You know, like he just doesn't like – he, he is, doesn't take control. Like I feel like I really want him to. And it brings up a lot of questions like should we get something for Bradley Beal – 
and just try to get a couple of picks and some players around him and just try to build around the rest of this team? Or do we really still believe Bradley Beal is the future? So I'll ask that real quickly to each one of you. I'll start with you, Champ. What are your thoughts? Do you think you trade while Bradley Beal still has some value? I want everybody that's watching this Twitch stream and listening to this podcast to hear me and hear me good. No. Listen, <laughs> Bradley Beal <laughs> is basically the face of this franchise. It was John Wall for the longest time, but it's Bradley Beal. Yes, he's very valuable enough to get some quality picks and to be able to build a new future. But do you want to take a chance of doing that and ended up having that blow up in your face? I don't think so. I think that Bradley Beal still has a lot of great years ahead of him. And I think that if you trade him now to try to get picks, I'm just afraid that'll blow up in your face when those picks don't work out and you end up just wondering like why why do we do that so my answer is no we don't and Arun, what are your thoughts i think it just comes down to the fact that bradley Beal's going to be making five years 250 million dollars so are the wizards a going to resign him and b if they're not then they might as well get something but i think the wizards are not going to trade bradley Beal. but it wouldn't be necessarily the end of the world if they do trade Beal, given that He's going to get a John Wall or Russell Westbrook kind of contract, and he hasn't been a top 25 player this season. Even though he was a couple of years ago, he's only averaging 23 points per game. Um, granted, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's not been playing well like in, in with his contract. Um, he could go either way. Maybe the Wizards, maybe Ken's right. They can't get, you don't know what you're getting in a trade, but they're not going to bring him back, then they might trade him, especially with the contract he's going to be demanding this offseason. Yeah. I um, I just don't – he seems to be declining from where we saw him last year. So if maybe it's a, a one-year anomaly. But, like, I don't know if I want to spend that kind of crazy money. I feel like we were lucky to get out of the John Wall situation. I don't want to be, like, right back into the same situation again. I love Bradley Beal, but I just don't know how he's going to perform going forward. And there's just a lot of question marks there. Um, If I think that he is going to rebound, then obviously keeping him is good. I don't know if he's going to be worth that contract. But if he's not, then we're going to be stuck in a similar way that we were with John Wall. So I I want to try to avoid that at all costs, at least in my opinion. Uh, Let's uh, move on uh, to the next game just uh, for timing purposes. I know we're already at 11 o'clock. This one will go over quickly because we thought we'd get blown out by the Phoenix Suns and we pretty much did. I mean, we only scored 80 points in this game, which is pretty bad. Uh, The Wizards were outscored 33 to 21 to start, 26 to 11 in the second, 26 to 19 in the third. And then the Wizards actually outscored them 29 to 10. So I can't believe they were able to hold the Suns to 10. But at that point, uh, a lot of the reserves are in. Uh, but at the rate they were going, I was surprised that they didn't hit the 100 mark. But the fact that we only scored 80 points in today's NBA is pretty bad. Uh, we had nobody that was over 20 points. We actually only had two players in double figures, uh, Trez um, and uh, Holiday, And uh, just a really disappointing game overall. But we thought that could happen. Um, I'll go to you first, Champ. What are your thoughts on this game? Right. So the fact that DeAndre Anton in only 24 minutes had a double-double of 20 points and 16 rebounds, that should tell you a lot about how this game went. 
by the way. Yeah, this game wasn't close. Yeah, the final result says it was only a 15-point loss, but it took them outscoring them by 19 in the fourth quarter to get to only lose by 15. Just something you have to think about. This was not close at all. And this is another one of those games where it once again is they didn't do enough score and they didn't play well enough on defense in order to mitigate the fact that they were going up against the top team in the West. The top team in the West did what they were supposed to do and beat a team they were supposed to beat, which was the Wizards. I'm looking at this free throw thing. The fact that the Suns were 50% for the line, seven for 14, I I see it so rarely. Um, But on the flip side, the field goal percentage, the Wizards, 35% um, for field goal. That is awful. Like You're hoping for 50, right? So, I mean, 35 is is about as bad as you see in most NBA games. Uh, just a pretty atrocious. Uh, Rune, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, this game wasn't that close. If the Suns didn't score in the fourth quarter, they still would have won by five points. Um, they were up by as many as 36 points, and they were playing guys like Alfred Payton, who um, may be out of the league. Um, they were just um, experimenting with some bad lineups, and DeAndre Ayton, number one pick he may have been a bad pick over Luka Doncic but if if he's a number one pick in any other draft he's he's definitely a lot better than Tommy Brown but the I think the Thomas Bryant he was pretty bad again defensively came back from that injury um not a lot of Daniel Gafford until garbage time and he played well in garbage time but it was just weird that he's that Gafford wasn't starting this game and another blowout Dinwiddie another bad game but the Suns are a great team, and this loss was expected. Right, for sure. Man, Dinwiddie is scoring – had two rebounds, three assists, and four points. Just to, and he's the guy who usually shows up uh, in some of these games. Anyway, let's go to tonight's game, which I barely talked about on tonight's podcast because it was so bad by the time we tuned in. Um, the Heat outscored him 39-24 to in the first. The Wizards stormed back in the second, uh, outscored him 29-21 uh, to make it, I believe it was like a seven-point game at halftime. So I thought, oh, you know, maybe we'll have a game of it. Instead, in the third, Miami outscored them 31-17. to 17, And in the fourth, both teams scored 30 points for a 21-point victory for the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are a very good team this year. Um, the, the Wizards' uh, top scorers uh, were Corey Kispert was the top scorer for the Wizards. Uh, I wonder how many times we'll win with that. Um, and Montrez Harrell had 13. Uh, Aaron Holiday had 14. Kyle Kuzma had 12. Uh, on the Heat side, um, Bam had a good game. Uh, seven rebounds, 21 points. Jimmy Butler had 19 points. Um, and it was very uh, even scoring throughout the lineup. Uh, for, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in double figures uh, in that. So, uh, that's going to be tough to beat. I'll start off with a champ. What are some of your thoughts on this game? <sighs> I said it in our group chat. <laughs> the Wizards are ass from beyond the arc. They are ass. They shot 22% from three point from the three-point line. 22%. Uh, and, and opposite of that, the Heat were just on from three-point uh, from three-point land. 56%. It was almost like they couldn't miss even if they wanted to. This was another game where it just was not close. 
it wasn't close. And again, and it's another game in the stretch that this this Wizards team has had since starting at 10 and 3, where they never led in this game. They never led in this game. And the biggest lead that the Heat had was 35 points. That is insane to me to think that this team that started off so good is now sitting five games under 500. And at the season ended today, the they're not in the playoffs. They're not in the playoffs. Now, the Heat are a good team. They're number one in the East, granted. But they usually play a lot better against teams of this caliber, and they just did not. And I'm kind of disappointed that my guy, Tyler Hero, didn't even play in this game. He was out. He was out. He didn't play in this game because of right knee soreness. So I wanted to see what he was going to do here, but he didn't play. But other than that, no, not a good game. Real, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this, as Ken said, the Wizards – terribly from 37 to 31 and the heat were 18 to 32 so that's going to steal most wins and that doesn't even tell the story Bryant again another really bad defensive effort he's definitely shouldn't be starting at this point especially if you want to set the tone defensively um the Suns game they did hold them on to 100 points but that's because the garbage time in the fourth quarter the Suns will have scored 10 points in the fourth quarter in this game Miami backcourt dominated the Wizards backcourt which Without Beal, this is definitely uh, the worst backcourt in the NBA. Dinwiddie and Holiday. Sorry, guys, but um, I can't think of a worse backcourt um, than that. And um, there was a fight um, between the Wizards assistant coaches and some fans after the game. That's not a good look. That's probably the highlight of this game, and maybe people will talk about that more. That referee was calling a lot of texts in this game, too. That's what kind of threw me off as well. I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So here's the updated standings right now. So people don't know, the uh, the top six automatically make it. The next four uh, will battle it out for those next two spots uh, where the seven plays the eight, and that winner of that game gets the seven seed. The loser of that game plays the winner of the 9-10 matchup for who decides to get the eighth seeded. Uh, so the Wizards right now and the Knicks, if Brian Brennan's listening after the fact, uh, are the two teams that are out of the picture right now. Um, they're only just a couple of games back of the Hawks uh, and the Hornets, but uh, they're falling fast and it's not looking good. Looking at the standings, uh, Ken, do you think we'll make the playoffs this year or do you think we're just going to miss it? That is hard to say, Robbie, honestly, because we don't know what this Wizards team is capable of. They don't know. They don't even know their own identity right now. Um, they go in the games like they had the second biggest uh, choke job in the history of the NBA about a couple of weeks ago. And then they just got blown out like three of the last four games this week. So it's hard to say what this team is capable of, what they're going to do. The all-star break is coming up. They need to figure it out, honestly. Coach Coach Unseld, yes, he's a f- first-year coach. I get it. But Coach Unseld, you are coaching in, a, in the Washington, D.C. market where the fans are very impatient and they want results now. And right now, they're not getting the results that they want. And they're going to want your head after year one. So you need to figure it out. And you need to figure it out now. Otherwise, they're going to be calling for your head and they're going to be calling for a new head coach. Short answer, I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Arun, what, same question. What are your thoughts on the, the playoffs coming up? Yeah, I right now it's going to be really tough because I don't even see who's going to slip. Like 
the 10 seed, I think, was the Atlanta Hawks, and they were they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So it's going to take like some team like that. And the Brooklyn Nets, they've slipped all the way down to seven. I don't think that's going to last if Kevin Durant comes back. Maybe there's some injury luck in the Wizards' favor. Maybe some other team gets injured. But right now the Wizards are dealing with the Bradley Beal injury themselves, and it seems like there's a lot of chemistry issues on this team. Harrell. Um, arguing with KCP, they had a fight. Then the assistant coaches arguing with the fans, not looking really good right now. The COVID with Wes Unsold Jr. It seems to have gotten them off the wrong track. Daniel Gafford being cut out of the rotation, even though he's the best defensive big on the Wizards. It's going to take a big turnaround um, to get it going. It is possible. Maybe they can pass um, the Hornets or the Celtics, but. Those two teams, well, the Hornets aren't playing that well, but the Celtics are playing much better than the first half of the season. We can't even discount, like, maybe the Knicks actually put it together. There are teams like the Knicks that could that are right there with the Wizards. So right now I'm going to say, no, the Wizards don't make it, but they're going to have to prove a lot in the next two couple weeks, um, right before the trade deadline. They said they might trade for prior trade for DeMonte, Sabonis. There was a rumor today that, a very long shot rumor, it sounds like, that Russell Westbrook would be traded to the Rockets and be bought out and the Wizards would sign him. I don't know if the Wizards can really hope for that to happen, but although they do definitely miss Russell Westbrook over Spencer Dinwood, even though they seem to have won that trade, they do probably need an upgrade at the point guard position. But right now, I don't really, maybe Toronto's the team that they passed, but they're they're playing better than the Wizards at the moment. So right now I'm going to say no, the Wizards are probably going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I'm just looking here. The Nets are two and eight. The Hornets are three and seven. Looking at the weaker links of these, the bottom uh, here. Uh, but the Wizards themselves are two and eight and so are the Knicks. So uh, they're not doing any better. Uh, let's take a quick, quick look at the upcoming schedule. I'll, I'll go through it and I'll give each one of you guys uh, a game. Uh, there's a Thursday game. Uh, so we've got a, a, a bit of a break here against the Nets that we talked about, one of the teams that we need to try to uh, jump uh, ahead of in the standings. Uh, that's at Thursday, February 10th at 730. And then we play the Kings uh, also at home on Saturday at 7. Uh, and then next Monday, we'll have another live game, uh, Pistons at Wizards, and that'll be a 7 o'clock game. So I'll give each one of you guys one of the Nets-Kings games, and then I'll get both your takes on the Pistons one. Uh, I'll start off with you, Champ. Do you want the Nets or the Kings? Uh, I want the Nets because I feel like this is a winnable game because Durant's out. He's he's out with an injury, so he 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 won't be much of a factor. You won't have to worry about him. Harden is a game time decision. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. You might get Beal back from his wrist injury. We won't know. Gaffer, even though he's not in the rotation, he is out because of COVID. So this is a winnable game for the Wizards as long as guys like Kuzma and like Dinwiddie they and KCP step up and actually put up some points and they play good defense. Uh, Arun has alluded to this a bunch of times during this segment that Thomas Bryant should not be starting if he's not playing valuable defense in the middle. So you need to get someone defensively in the middle that will do that, which is most likely Montrez Harrell. So this is a winnable game, and I feel like they win this one, especially when you don't have Durant in there because he'll be out with injury. And Arun, what are your thoughts on the Kings coming to town on Saturday? Yeah, the Kings are actually playing better than the Nets at the moment. They, the Kings actually 
beat the Nets um, and they held James Harden to four points. Uh, their point guard combination, uh, Davion Mitchell, um, Alliburton, and um, Fox, they're just um, those point guards are any of them would be the best point guard right now on the Wizards. So we'll see how. I think the this is a very winnable week for the Wizards. Very easy schedule, especially compared to last week. I think they'll they should beat the Sacramento Kings, especially at home. All right. So the last game of this uh, little homestand here that we've uh, uh, been on. So we've already had played the first two, and these are the next three games. Is Monday Valentine's Day, seven o'clock. Again, uh, we'll be on air at nine o'clock next week. Uh, so uh, the, the game will be just ending while we're doing our hockey talk slash uh, uh, a um, we'll, we'll go over uh, the Super Bowl as well. And then we'll have our NBA roundtable we'll probably end with our Olympic coverage uh, next week. Um, I'll get your thoughts first, champ, on the Pistons coming to town. Again, this is another winnable game. The Pistons are not that good at all they are they are not good at all so this is definitely a winnable game but this is one of those games where the wizard should win and they'll end up getting slapped around in their own gym uh, you won't have josh jackson to deal with uh he'll he's currently out with a back injury though he may be back we don't know hopefully you get uh gaffer back hopefully you already have bill back both teams are terrible from the from beyond the arc so you don't have to worry about detroit shooting the lights out from beyond the arc but you still have to play quality defense in order to stop them and to end up getting the victory i'm calling this a win but i won't be surprised if they lose because they seem to play down to teams that they should just absolutely run out of their out of the gym honestly Arun, do you agree yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to say a win, but yeah, I also agree with Ken. The last one surprised me. The Nets actually haven't, for instance, the Nets haven't won a game since they beat the Wizards. Everyone's probably looking, like the Pistons are probably looking at the Wizards the same way the Wizards are looking at the Pistons. Like, oh, this is a win that we definitely could have, especially since the Pistons have only won uh, two of their last 11 games. So Valentine's Day, let's see the Wizards maybe they'll get it going um, for all those lovers out there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, maybe people will bring their dates and celebrate hard. So um, I'm going to end the screen share there. I'm going to get your guys final take on a different topic. Um, and then I'll let you guys go. I'm sure you can guess what it's going to be. Uh, what is your thoughts on the new team name? I know we already got, um, uh, Carol's thoughts a little bit earlier. Uh, I'm going to start off with Arun. Are, are you buying Commanders? Are you? Uh, are, how do you feel now being a Commanders fan? Uh, I definitely don't like the name the Commanders. It's kind of a weird name, especially I like the somebody said like the Commanders. There's like too many Commanders. There's no chain of command if it's just a team of Commanders. Um, I do like the GI Joe kind of uh, like logo, but I don't think Dan Snyder is going to do that. They're probably going <laughs> to salute a lot of the troops. Um, I've heard a lot of fans already hate the name. They're calling them the commies. They don't, they actually preferred the football team over this name and some other team names. It didn't seem like Snyder saw team input from the fans. It kind of reminded me when the bullets were renamed 
of the Wizards. This was probably the one of the last choices that fans wanted. I never heard any fans really wanting the Commanders. Um, but wins ultimately will make more Commanders fans. If they, if they don't win, then they definitely lost a lot of brand equity uh, from those three Super Bowls. It's been 30 years since Washington's made it to a Super Bowls and the team name, the Commanders, if they keep losing like they've been since, I think, 1999 when Snyder took over, they've only won one, actually two playoff games, uh, one when Snyder um, in 1999 when he bought the team and one in 2006. But only, like, I think the Dallas Cowboys have had, like, that little amount of success since, like, 1996. So not a good um, – I don't think it's a good name, but wins will ultimately make more fans – um, support them. Right. I, um, well, I'll, I'll get champ's thoughts real quick. What are, what are your thoughts on the name? The name will grow on me. Just like when they said, when they got rid of the original name and went and watched the football team, I didn't like it then, but it grew on me. This name will grow on me, but right now I'm not feeling the name at all. I'm, I'm not. And the moment I heard it was announced, all I thought about was how does DJ feel about the fact he literally said on his podcast last week, the fans got duped and it turned out that was the actual name of the team. So yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm not a fan of it at all, but I'm pretty sure it'll grow on me. And I think I, 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 agree with Arun that if the team goes out and the 2022-2023 season and they win, 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 I think that that name will become a household name for a lot of football fans, especially fans of this Washington football team. But right now, I'm, I'm not feeling it, honestly. I'm putting one more logo up on screen on our Twitch chat. It's the Commander's uh, Crest that has dates on it. I want to get Arun's thought on this. Why did they pick the years that they won the Super Bowl, not the, what the years hell from? Is this? Yeah, like I, I, I don't understand. So for people to understand, usually football talks about the season in which they were coming from. So for example, this Super Bowl that's happening in 2022 is the Super Bowl for the 2021 season. And according to this crest here, the three Super Bowls happened for Washington in the three years following the seasons in which most people believe that they won. So Arun, what is your quick take on this crest? Yeah, this just goes in line with probably the rollout of the whole like team name. Like it's just the, I think the wrong year, um, helicopter caught the, the commander's logo. Doug Williams, not, he's a great guy, but, not a, a really articulate speaker like in terms of really getting the fans going and they didn't really do like all the, like they needed to do it to get the fans really amped up for this name and this is just another example of the years being wrong and um we'll see maybe they i think they need to really hire some better marketing to um get even if they settle on commanders it was just an awful rollout of the team name I mean, out on my free time, and I don't have very much free time. I would love to help them out because this has been one of the worst rollouts I've ever seen. And it's funny because I kept on thinking, Tijane must be right that this is a fake out, right? Because it's it's so bad from the beginning. And I'm like, there's no way that it, this could be real. And I love the team. You know, I want to root for it. I want to see it succeed. But 
I, you know, they're just tripping themselves up here. Uh, Champ, what are your thoughts on this uh, crust deal? This is bullshit. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. This is bullshit right here. And also, I have to go back to what Arun said, that the last time the, the, this team made it to a Super Bowl was 30 years ago. I'm 38, by the way. I'm just going to put that out there. So, wow. Like, that just really was, that's just a really crazy thing to think about that. 30 years ago, when I was eight years old, I watched this team win a Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills. And that was one of the best teams this team has had in his, in years, in history. But, no, this crest is bullshit, honestly. Like, they need to fix this. This whole rollout was bullshit. And that's why this team name is not being, not widely received positively because of this rollout and everything about it but as we said previously if they win and they win and they win people will forget about the rollout because they'd be like oh this team is winning but yeah this is ridiculous this is crazy i agree all right well i just want to get some of your guys thoughts on uh on some of these things here um but uh i really appreciate you guys for uh joining me and uh being uh, a part of uh, Wizards Talk uh, through the ups and the downs and a part of Commander's Talk. Is that what it is now? Uh, Commander's Chat. We're going to have to come up with call something. Me <laughs> call, me, call me time. Um, you know, so it'll be, uh, uh, man, watching uh, Dallas fans just rail on us. It, it was uh, it was tough. Um, Arun, that- I don't think Commie Talk is going to go over very well. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I'm just saying. Cowboys yeah. versus Commies. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. With that being said, we've gone 20 minutes over, but I really appreciate you guys for uh, staying on the line and being a part of this and everyone uh, for still tuning in uh, to this conversation. Arun, what are your final thoughts before we let you go tonight? Yeah, I, I did not get RG3's thoughts about this name. I'm really curious what they were. Maybe I'll put that out in this new book, but um, I'm looking forward to actually, I just didn't have time to watch the Olympics, but hopefully I'll find some time to watch the Olympics and sounds like a lot was going on and I'm glad you guys really excited to talk about it. And thanks for having me on today's show. Arun, yeah. I don't think RG3 is going to have much thoughts on the, on the team name because he's too busy making too many Instagram reels with his wife. And they're so wild, by the way. I just want to put that out there. That's crazy. Um, they need right. to hire. They should have rolled him out instead of Doug Williams to announce the team name. It would have generated a lot more support. For sure, for sure. Um, I am. I'm trying to decide who we're going to rate after this. But uh, Champ, let people know if people uh, could catch on uh, the No Spots podcast this week. All right. Well, this week on the No Spots podcast, we will be uh, previewing WWE Elimination Chamber, where for the first time the event will be taking place outside of the United States in the beautiful country of Saudi Arabia, uh, which will feature two Elimination Chamber matches, one to determine a championship, another to determine a number one contender. Plus, we will talk about the week that's uh, coming up as well, that's getting ready to happen this week as well. So make sure you tune in. Plus, New Japan is back in action in Japan uh, after they canceled uh, three of their four shows to end January because of COVID concerns. And... We'll talk about all of that this Saturday back at our regular, we're still at a regular scheduled time of 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch, as well as uploading on our podcast cha- uh, channels as well. Make sure you check out sportsothp.com and the podcast partners button to listen to all previous episodes. Awesome. Awesome. I have a, uh, a poll up. I don't know if anyone's going to vote in it, but I'm curious if people would like to go 
to music. Games or an IRL stream of uh, one of uh, my friends, Hattie, is walking around Dubai. Uh, so we got that. We've got Willow Keys Gaming. He came over earlier. Um, he's uh, doing Dead by Daylight. Or we could go to a music streamer. So uh, we got one minute left on the poll up there. Uh, definitely wherever we, um, that'll help me decide where we should go. Because I know we've got raiders that are from music and from games and from all sorts of different topics. Uh, so I'll let people decide. Uh, what they would prefer uh, between music, games, and IRL. But I want to thank everyone for being a part of this awesome stream, whether uh, it was Davey with the raid, uh, Jillian with the raid. Uh, we got uh, a third uh, raider. Uh, what was their username again? It was the Sunshine86, my good Sunshine friend Sunshine. 86. Yeah, so, um, so that was awesome. Uh, no one's voting here, so uh, I'm going to have to. I actually put in a vote. I put in a vote. I did. I put in a vote. It didn't show up for me. Let me see. Really? Yeah, put it in a vote. All right. Well, I'm gonna ask you what it is because it's not showing up on my on my thing for some reason, which I don't know why. Uh, oh, there it is. Now there's music and now there's games. Each has one vote. About 20 seconds left in this poll, so hurry up and uh, break that tie. Um, or yeah, bro, have... break the tie. Or did you already? I'm going, I'm going to break the tie. I'm going. I'm going to break the tie. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know if I have time to sign in. Yeah, it's okay. I'll just ask you, Arun. You can just tell me using your voice. Would you rather go to a music or a game stream? Because it's tied. Uh, game stream. All right, game stream. That's what is. I voted for. All right, Will O'Keefe's gaming. It is. Um, I'm a big fan of Will. Uh, he does a music stream. I'll give him a quick little shout out before we go over there. Um, and uh, we're going to Will O'Keefe's gaming, but he also is Will O'Keefe's piano uh which is also a great stream uh where you can uh, check out uh their music every single day except for thursdays and sundays uh but every other day they stream for five hours of music so i'm going to start my raid here but um uh, thank you so much uh, rune and champ and uh, for joining us and carol earlier and Modfather and also uh, Davey coming. So that was really awesome. And um, so I'm going to start the raid right now. Uh, but uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and being a part of this. I hope people uh, hit the follow button and come back if they like uh, what they see. And uh, you can go to sportsothp.com. You can click all of our old podcasts uh, as well as videos, merch, and more. Um, we're getting close to our six-year anniversary stream, which will be next month. And season seven will start uh, at the either end of March or the beginning of April. And so we've got a lot more to cover. Uh, we'll maybe cover a little more Olympics next week. If uh, we can get uh, Davey or uh, my father to come back, uh, we'll definitely talk about the Wizards games, uh, the two games that happened uh, this week and the one uh, that will happen live. Uh, we'll also talk about the three Caps games uh, next week and the Super Bowl, just a small little event that happens on uh, next Sunday. Uh, so I look forward to that. Real quickly before we go and raid out, uh, who do you have, champ, winning the Super Bowl? Well, I said it last week. Um, I'm going with the Bengals. I think that th this has been a really magical season for them. Joe Burrow's been balling out, especially at the end of the se of regular season. I think this is the one. I think this is the one for them, finally. They, they, they will finally get rid of the Bungles name, and they will go back to the Bengals. I think they win the Super Bowl. There's a Pokemon that appeared in chat. So I'm going to stop the raid for a second, let people try to catch this. Uh, but while I ask Arun the same question, uh, who do you think is going to win? I want the Bengals to win. Uh, Bengal Tigers from India, but in Cincinnati. But um, I think I'm going to go with the Rams uh, because just they've also uh, 
like they've been playing a little bit more consistently than the Bengals and like the Bengals have a real a couple really good wins but they've also had some really bad losses like losses to the Jets but maybe they've overcome that um Burrow is great in these touch situations but I'm rooting for the Bengals but I'm gonna go with the Rams because of their defense Sounds good. All right. Well, I'll let people catch it for a second, but I'm about to do the raid button right now. But I uh, thank everyone for tuning in and being a part of this. And I appreciate the 12 viewers that are going to come over and let's go say hi to Will. And uh, thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week.